Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Friends and family. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Thanks, Chalky. Yeah, Chalky. Yeah. Our guest this week is a creative human. He's a journalist, a publisher, an event coordinator, and a marketing guru. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bundle that all up wow. and break it down. Wow, all those he's things. Had to, he's held the title. Year. He's held the title at Surfing Magazine as an editor, senior editor. He also, at that time, created a specialized surfing tour in the 90s called Surfing Magazine Air Show. What? Damn. You're the one that created the air show? Yep. Just well, for aerial surfing. One big move. Lyndon's never done an air, so... He, I've, he, I've done one, mate. Oh, come on. <laughs> on <laughs> accident. <laughs> he co-founded and published the OC Society magazine. Hey, is, I did not know is that. Is dropping in, getting pitched, is that considered an air you know, maybe your maybe your kickouts. Some of your kickouts. How about floater to the air? No. Yeah, you, you do a lot of air, but it's usually head first to the bottom. Or it's out your ass. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Uh, he was a VP of marketing at Chronic Tacos. Wow. 
And at Ace Hardware, marketing manager yeah, there. Handle the marketing at Ace Hardware. Dude, it's epic. I, like I can't that. wait to hear all this. Yeah. He's a diversified portfolio. Oh, he's got it all. But if you're a pro surfer, he's probably written something about you. You know? Yeah. If you're a brand, you probably supported his vision and advertised with him in Ghetto Juice magazine. Ghetto Juice. Yes. Yeah. And if you've surfed with him out in the water, you know he rips. Ooh. He does. Pretty I hard to surf with him, but yeah. I know he rips. He can bust airs. We welcome <laughs> our friend Skip, Skippy, yeah. Sneed. I don't even know your nicknames. Do you have any nicknames? Just nickname? Skip, right? Skip is the nickname. Skip. My real Skip. name's Bradley. 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 Yeah, can you believe that? I, Bradley Sneed. Yeah. Yes. But I've had Skip as a nickname since I was just a baby. After Skipper the Kangaroo, which is an Australian <laughs> cartoon, I think. It was. It was and really your popular. Dad named you Skip or? My brother. Your brother? Yeah. He was oh. older. Wow. Yeah. So, so skip from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's that so yeah. cool. Yeah, and pre in kindergarten, I was skipper. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, we go way back, and I can't wait to reminisce and talk stories from the do. '90s do. and before. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, but welcome. That photo you texted the other day of Lar, young Lar. He's like. What? You're skinny and look at that hair and hair. That <laughs> crazy. It doesn't even seem like those days. Exist, ever existed. It's, it's like another lifetime. It is another yeah. life, right? Yeah. Like, you're like, did I really live through that? Well, just being old enough to have kids that age now. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's crazy. We were just kids. We were groms. So crazy. With great opportunities. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's start at the beginning, yes. Skip. Where did you grow up and so, how did you find surfing? So, I found surfing in a very interesting way. So, I grew up in Upland, California. Home Love of, it. Home of the Pipeline Skate Park. Yeah. So, when I was a kid, I thought every town had a skate park. I didn't know until I was much older that Pipeline was one of just a couple in the whole country. It's crazy. You know, in the world maybe at the time. So I used to... As How did a, you get into skateboarding? Uh, my older brother. Okay. So he was seven years older. So when the he gap was... between, huh? Yeah. So when he was, you know, 13, 14 going to the Pipeline, that's when I would tag along. I was probably about seven years old. And yeah. there used to have the snake run in the back. And the Pipeline changed over the course of a couple years, but... Yeah, I just started doing little, uh, little skateboarding at Pipeline, and we'd go there every day because that's just what. As I grew older, you know, by the time I got into my early teens, we were going to the Pipeline every day, and then you'd see all the the celebrities coming over. And again, I always thought it was just normal. I thought everybody had a skate park, but didn't realize that it was kind of special to be yeah. there. But I didn't, you know, my parents always rented a beach house in Newport from a very young age, and so. We would be at, at Newport in the summer for a couple weeks every year. My older brother played water polo. So when I was about 10, he went to Hawaii for a water polo tournament. And then he came back. I remember posing on the lawn with our lays and like a, a tourist shirt. And from that point on, that summer, he was all into surfing. After that trip, he just totally got into surfing because he learned in Waikiki or something. So that in Newport, I was just had a board and I started surfing young. So... By the time I was actually about 10 or 11, my brother moved to Newport when he was 17, right out wow. of high school. Okay. So by the time I was 13, 14, he would, come, he would let me stay with him for a month at a time down at River Jetties. So wait, he moved out to Newport? Yeah. At like 17 a, years old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Upland to, yeah, Newport, yeah, I'm out of here. Surfing? Yeah, he was, yeah. Out, he was out of here. So, talk about lucky. With, 
So was he working or going to school or? He did valet. He worked at the Red Onion, did valet parking down here. He detailed cars. He just killed wanted, it. Yeah, killed he, it at the Red Onion. Oh, yeah. He, he just he just wanted to uh, to surf and and. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It was really cool for me. Like, I remember you have to make long-distance calls, and my mom would go, watch the phone, the long-distance <laughs> calls to your brother. So but, you got uh, along with your big brother. Oh, yeah. He t- he was like, like yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Like, and so Larson he, gets along with his brother, too. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, so by that the time... That helps a lot. Definitely. Yeah. By the time I was 13, 14, I'd come down and stay a month at a time. I'd... I'd, I was so into, I was just infatuated with surfing. And so, had, so go back a ways and, and ha, like the first time you went surfing. The, the first time, the earliest memory I have was about nine years old at 28th Street in the oh. summertime. So the waves were one. small, but who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. Big to us that back yeah. then. Yeah. Now, did you boogie board or just straight oh, I, surfing? I, I did all. I, yeah. I, when the black ball went up, I boogie boarded. Yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, you're in the water regardless. Yeah. At the beach, you're, you're yeah. skimboarding, you're yeah. freaking building sandcastles, you're surfing. But it's like, interesting to talk about it because some people bypass yeah. boogie boarding, right? Yeah. And then most people do boogie board. I was into it, man. I had the fins on my boogie board. I had, uh, they had <laughs> the this handle, one, the handle. The handle. That came out. Yeah. <laughs> I had Mach uh, 7 or 10. Did you go. Black and yellow or black and orange. Yeah. But I, it's funny because I could never afford the Mach 7 7 yeah. or the Mach 7 or whatever. Yeah. I always had was like the Mach 10 the, the lesser model? I think that one had it kind of concave towards the tail, like a little almost like like a similar channel bottom. Yeah. And I don't know if it was orange. I think it was purple. Had that purple I don't one? remember. I don't know. I know that there's a Mach kind of, 7 7 and a Mach 10. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah but I, I just loved surfing. And when I'd stay down here... As a, a young teenager, I would hang out at Surfside and they'd pay me like 13 bucks a day to tag t-shirts or stack the stickers in the sticker cabinet. And I was just like, to get to know those guys at the shop. And then at the time it was Surfside Sports and Newport Surf and Sport right across the street. Yep. Yeah. And so I'd go back and forth between both shops working. Like just, I'd show up. They'd say, "Yeah, okay," and maybe I'd get a JD board bag at the end of the day, which is I still remember. Really designs? Yeah, yeah. I remember it was thirteen dollars. Fresh Terry ones. Yeah, but I get fifteen bucks a day for helping them out. You know, that sounds like a lot of money for for a kid, even though you probably worked like eight hours. Yeah. Oh, I just love I just loved hanging out in that shop and and getting to know everybody, and that's really where I I met my first pro surfers because they'd come and do autograph signings. 
But that but that sticker counter was a a whole day. Like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would like you would like merchandise it and then look at it and then you know if you're bored you would re-merchandise it right yeah, yeah. I, it was just it was the big, best it was fun it was fun to do that kind of shit yeah. you know? the best but, the best memories and, and it's funny because i'd after that trip i'd go back home and i'd just be begging my mom I'd, I'd i'd have the classified ads looking for like houses for in newport she says you just it's not that easy we just can't move yeah. to the beach and yeah. i'd say why not so going back to your brother and moving here at an early age of 17 years old and you getting to stay by yourself with your brother yeah you're 13 14 years right or yeah even yeah. younger yeah like, 13 14 junior and, high and your your parents let you just run amok with your brother yeah i, I the, well he didn't let me run amok at night he'd go out or he'd be working i have to stay at his house and the, the farthest I could walk back in the day was to Tradewinds Liquor Store, which is, he lived on David Drive down at, like, yeah. the farthest little set of houses at River Jetties on the, on the inland side of PCH. So I'd, on the fog I'd, house side? Yeah, so I'd get to walk to uh, Tradewinds and do something. But at the daytime, man, when he was off, he just surfed with me, hung out. I tried out for the frog house surf team one summer, and I, I realized I was so bad at surfing then. <laughs> and I never got disappointed. I was just honored to, like... I remember waxing my board the perfect bead, stripping my wax and doing the perfect Oh, base beads. coat, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I remember I went out for heat, and I just sucked. And it was so embarrassing. And Was TK, I mean, I, obviously I, he already owned it, right? Yeah, oh yeah, him and him and, uh, Bejo were, were there. So funny. Yeah. They're still running amok. Yeah. Yeah. yeah were so, they giving you shit, grom abuse? I, I don't, I have no recollection of yeah. that. But those were just golden, golden years. So when did you start getting kind of good at surfing? I started getting better at surfing, like maybe after my first trip to Hawaii when I was 17. So there was like a three, four years. I was, I liked to surf. I would ditch school to go surf. I would sometimes go early. This is into high school. Ditched a lot of school to, to surf. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, would gone. We don't recommend that and condone that, kids. Yeah. yeah. And and was gone every weekend surfing. Back in those days, you just you drive to Halama, you drive to freaking Baja, like so. Those are great days. But I started getting better, probably seventeen when I went to Hawaii for my first trip, and then I felt that power in North Shore. And for me, it was like leftovers, Munster Mush, all the little spots. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. And I thought that I thought Ayukai was pipe. It's so funny. I was out of Ayukai in front of life because that's where you park and you go out and you're like, "This is pipe," and you're like, "No, it's down the left." But you're like, you don't know that. Yeah, it was like, hey, I wish Lashin wasn't here because Ayukai is fucking pipe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was pipe to me. Yeah. I'll never freak. I'll, I'll that wave was heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, no, so so before like you. Like, you would stay, like, primarily in the summer with your brother. In the summer, the Easter, weekends. Easter vacation. I'd come down at Christmas break. And were your parents, like, shuttling you? Like, hey, we're going to go drop you off yeah. at your brother's house? And yeah. They were cool yeah, sometimes he, would, sometimes he would come pick me up. Did you, like, hey, I got a couple buddies I want to bring with me? And, you know, nobody trouble. surfed? Yeah, like, you, you were know, just kind of, like, my, the one-off? The one my, my buddies didn't really get into surfing until we were probably... 15, 16, so those early years, 13, 14, I was solo. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was solo. But then once I got into high school, a couple of my friends got into it, and so we had a little crew. We had like three or four of us in the whole town. Yeah. Were your parents supportive? Like, did they hook you up with the first board or your brother hand me down? Or They, you know what? My mom, my mom and 
I think they just they never really said anything. I don't think they really. They didn't say. Yeah, because I played a lot of sports. I played soccer through high school. I played tennis in high school. I played wow. water polo. I played uh, with myself. I'm just kidding. Ah, but but I did. No, I I played a lot of sports as a kid too. So yeah, I, I think and I got good grades. So I think they just. Let you do. You, you kept yourself yeah. out of trouble, so they're like, let you kind of yeah. run your own deal. Yeah. So you were a little jock then. Like yeah. Tennis, yeah. soccer. That's a lot of. Yeah. That's well, a lot of sports. Yeah. My mom was gnarly. She was a coach. She was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go she, figure. Huh? Yeah. 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 She was. You're uh, in every sport, son. Yeah. Yeah. She well, was a soccer parents, coach in the '70s, which was unheard of at the time, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, parents, you know, they 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 want to kind of figure out ways to keep you out of trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And sports is definitely a, a way to keep you out of trouble. And I think organized sports helps develop a person's social... Everything, you know, yeah, for sure. Net networking and like... Pushes you, know. you pushes you mentally and physically. It gives you another father or mother figure to kind of like mm -hmm. keep you in, in check and, yeah. you know. But like, it teaches you teamwork. For it sure. It teaches you like social skills. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's funny how all that just goes by the wayside once you get into surfing. <laughs> and we we, hey, yeah, we yeah. were going to get there. Yeah. yeah. Eventually. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> surfing kind of just curveballs like a lot of people's drive to. It's crazy you know, that yeah. so many, especially our guests, because we interview surfers. Yeah. But most people, most guests, once surfing starts, that's where everything else It's ends. such an adrenaline yeah. high and yeah. it's so hard. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't think we talk about how hard surfing is and how like yeah. hard it is to get good. Yeah. And then you got the waves, which come in flows. You know, like yeah. hey, there's good days and it's kind of bad for a while and like, but it, you don't ever get out of the water. Yeah. You know, like you just the, the worse it is, you know, you lower your expectations. You're like, oh, I got the one good yeah. turn or I got the one wave or I did that one floater in the white water. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. you start. Making it worthwhile, like yeah. it was worthwhile. Well, like all the little <laughs> milestones that you keep in your head of like, okay, I stood up, I went straight. Okay, I stood up and I was cutting down the line, yeah. right? Yeah. I stood up before the wave broke and I was, you know, oh, I did an off the lip. Oh, I did a floater. Yeah. Like all those milestones yeah. in your head. I remember my first roundhouse and my first tube. I, 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 that's about... Lyndon, where's your milestone of your error? Have you got two yet? <laughs> I've got two. Yeah. I don't know. Check the photos. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I've been tubed. He has. I've got it documented he, on video. You have. You have. But I don't think I've, I've... I've done airs before, bro. Long time ago. But, you know, I've done it before. But this show's not about me. It's about... Bradley Skip Schneed. I love Ashland. it. And this and this Modelo. No, it's Ashland. No, he's drinking an uh, Modelo. We got. Well, I mix over. it. I put Ashland with the Modelo. It's like a freaking beer seltzer. It's amazing. All right. So you don't remember what what board you stood up on or what your first board was? Oh, it was a, it was a homemade board. Homemade. Yeah, it was a homemade board with a, a with a bungee cord. Leash. Tied through a drilled through the single thing. <laughs> I have a picture of it. I'll show you guys oh, later. Oh, epic! Yeah, I, we'll have that'll be our first. Yeah, post. trying to freaking trying to uh, hold the board. It was what's this one? Is that you and your first board? No. Oh, remember this? This that was the cord. This was, is good. I speaking of a guy with a boogie leash. 
This guy's been surfing Southside. I'm showing a picture to these guys. That's uh, now? This was like two two mornings ago. <laughs> this guy, you guys, and I'll post it maybe on our Insta here. He has a surf leash with a tied knot at the end of it to a coiled boogie board leash. <laughs> and every time he paddles out, I'm like, he's going to come in with a fin yeah. oh poking out God. of his face. Why don't you like, yell at him and go, hey, go, no, go to the go to I'm gonna, Assessor Jacks and get... Wow, I have to have that photo. No, I'm gonna go to HSS or Jacks and get the octopus is real. No, I'm gonna get an octopus leash because they're our sponsor. Thank you, and I'm just gonna have it down there. I see him every morning. I take my grom down there. I'm just gonna walk up to him. Courteously, surf. I don't know. <laughs> you don't watch him. I don't you just know. Watch him walk on the beach. Well, he paddles out and drifts down. I don't know. I'm not looking for him. I'm, you know, maybe I'm a bad All bad right. human. You're being rude, dude. I know. We got to skip Steve. Hey, he, brought, like, he brought up this side story, gig. Right, We're right, going right, to post right. this photo and people are going to be like tripping. on that one. <laughs> so, so, you said you didn't start getting good until 17, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever surf contests or anything like that? No. Well, by that time, I was like, I had a lot. Like, by the time I was 17, I lived in Upland, obviously, going to Upland High School, waiting to graduate so I could move to the beach. But by that time, 17, I already had a lot of friends down here. I knew a lot of the kids down here. Whether it's Miller, like, so I kind of had a little people that I knew, so I felt comfortable surfing Newport. And what was your question? Yeah, I have, I have contests. I, I have, yeah. I'm an enchanting individual, but I have a short attention span. That's okay. No, it was, it was just about like your your friends and. Oh, you know, when your, I got better. Yeah. Yeah. So so now that you brought that up, like you being from inland, I'm I totally relate to being somebody from inland. And here you are, you're pretty immersed in surfing, right? Like you're surfing with guys, like you mentioned, Todd mm -hmm. Miller, probably who else? Dylan Crouch, Cordell Miller. Dylan Crouch, yeah. Um, Giddings and. Yeah, like heavy. Stratas, all the. Newport yeah. kids that rip, right? Yeah. And I, maybe I'm, I'm like going back in my mind, fanning out, but think about that. Like you were like at one of the epicenters of surfing where I, surfing was like yeah blowing up didn't know it didn't even know it didn't know it but mm -hmm. like you from being inland right i was blown blown away man right like you're I was starstruck and i still am to this day and it's kind of funny because like i grew up in long beach north long beach and dude there was probably like six or seven surfers in the whole entire school and it was a, a multicultural, multi-diverse. And, and I would talk to, to, you know, they're all my friends, but they'd be like, man, what you fucking doing this weekend, son? And I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go surfing. What? You're gonna go surfing? You're gonna swim with the sharks? Yeah, <laughs> swim right? with the sharks. No, yeah. They, yeah, that's all they could, you know, that's the first thing they ask. You're gonna swim with the sharks? Man, you're fucking crazy, Lyndon. You're fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Like, people that aren't, ocean friendly they are they think sharks are just there to eat people all the yeah. time i'm yeah. like they're they're out there but you know yeah so it's kind of cool like did you feel like almost cooler than your friends because I, 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 <laughs> well, I did whoa <laughs> well i guess a hundred percent in a way because by that time i was so into surfing but there wasn't many surfers as me and my buddy matt my buddy dean really like Two or three of us in Upland that that 
were core yeah. that we'd go all the time as much as we could. But but I did feel I always felt that I felt more like a Newport guy than I did an Upland guy. It was, yeah. really, it was really weird. That must have been like kind of you know hard because you you were like fortunate that your brother lived here, all lived him, there, yeah. and then your parents let you. I mean to yeah. to say. At that age, yeah. What if, what if your brother was a dick and be like, "I know, right?" I can't then, believe because he was. He would have been like, he was. 21. Your life would have been changed. Yeah, you would have not have been the Skipsy we yeah, know you, for sure. An yeah. opportunity for, for, the, yeah. for your parents too to like. Well, it's your brother. I mean, it's family. You're 13. Still, Go stay with your 21 year old brother in yeah. Newport. And you're yeah. like, and to think about that because I mean, I had a pretty <laughs> lack. My my parents worked, you know, at night and stuff and daytime, and I was a latchkey kid. Same. You were a latchkey kid, but your parents, you know, knew about it. Yeah. And and not not to say that your your that your parents were bad parents, but how fucking lucky were you to live your life in Newport and yeah. surf your brains out? Yeah, really lucky. I think it's also because they were they had been coming to Newport since the seventies for vacation, and we'd get that beach house, so they were familiar with the town. Yeah. And I had been here since a young age, so I was familiar with the town. Yeah. And plus, I think when you're a parent. You know your kids on the peninsula? They're safe down there. Man. Yeah. There ain't nothing going on that peninsula. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd feel safer yeah. with my kids staying on the peninsula or down at the beach than up That's on the true. west side or, For sure. you know, in a, in a bigger area. Yeah. So going back to contests, did you ever surf oh, contests? Yeah. No, every once in a while, like by this time when I was getting a little older, Pacific Coast Surf and Sport was around. That's where oh, yeah. uh, Doughboy. Todd Hazelton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hazy and Darren Brohart worked there and Terry Stewart. And uh, where so, I, they, where was that at? That Sorry. was right where Doughboy Donuts is at, at the Bowport Center. Oh, by yeah, Alcat. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a little so, area. Yeah, yeah. so many yeah, the, like the cactus logo, yeah. right? Yeah, so many yeah. old, like, yeah, yeah. So, so they, they used to have a gone. yeah, they used to have a couple shop. I didn't uh, know, contests. I, I, I think I, I remember Hazelton working there, but I don't remember Brillo working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was like their, their team guy, too. But anyway, I, they, they had a couple little contests, they would have contests like at Brookhurst or something, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just sucked. I wanted to be. I wanted to be good, yeah. but I just. Well, the guys were so also, hard. Also, going back to the guys, the kids at your age that were ripping at that time, yeah. the Millers, um, the Cordells. You're just, and those guys are getting magazines, right? Yeah. Man, I. Those and guys, they're writing for Quicksilver, and they got the fucking logos on their boards. You're just like, damn. Oh man, the first time I remember Dylan Crouch lived across the alley from my brother when I was thirteen, fourteen. So. And uh, he had a like, I think he had like a, maybe a mohawk or something. Oh, for <laughs> sure he did. Yeah, yeah one and, point or two or and three. I was colored. just like at thirteen, fourteen. He had a, a little uh, quarter pipe in his garage and a mohawk, and I was like, I kind of befriended him because we we're I was staying right there, and he became a good friend later. Yeah, I did. On. I surfed the pipes. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> this is all you got. But I used to think, man, that fucking that guy lives at the beach, man, all year. How sick is that? He's so stoked. <laughs> it, it, it's all year long. He gets to stay there. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is, is Upland is like ten minutes from Mount Baldy. Yeah. So I was freaking. I had season passes at Baldy by the time and I was skiing in my teens. Well, skiing first, first and then yeah. snowboarding like in the later eighties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you know we're old. When when you start skiing first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well, kids like, wait, were you skiing? I'm like, oh, that's that's, that's all there really yeah. was. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, that does give you a little bit of kind of 
re- release to like think about surfing, you know, and how fun the mountains are. Definitely. And I, I remember being at Baldy one day and seeing uh, Jamie Brissick and Willie Morris had come up there. And Heck. I saw them in the lodge, like where you get beer or lunch or whatever. And I was so starstruck because by this time I'd, I get every surf mag. I know yeah. everybody. I got all the pictures on my wall. So I was like, freaking, what's up, Willie and Jamie? And I was just like, I was always starstruck. And yeah. like I said, I freaking still get starstruck. Yeah, same here, dude. So did you go on surf trips with your brother? or He took me to Hawaii when I was 17. That was my first trip. And that's when and it really kind of that's when it, resonated. Yeah, like for the sure. World, the world and surfing and everything you've yeah. seen in the magazines forever is... Yeah. Did you go wintertime or...? Uh, we went in, I'm going to say October. Yeah, so it was it was breaking. It was yeah, it was it was a good time. That was that was rad. And then, uh, how big was it? Do you remember? I remember the whole time we were there, we got like head high waves, like it was break everywhere. That's was breaking. fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Cali style or Hawaiian style? That's fucking perfect. Yeah. It's always head high. For and me. then the next year we went back for a month. And stayed at V-Land in, in the springtime. And those were freaking glory days because you'd surf the afternoon at V-Land like with five guys out. It was amazing. So you're getting kind of comfortable in bigger stuff? or Well, not not necessarily the bigger stuff, but I was just... I was actually, you know what, bigger stuff? Yeah, because we'd surf... By that time, I, I'd have a... I think I had like a, maybe a 610 or something with me and we'd surf pinballs, and which I thought was just... That's pinballs. Settle down, Skip. That's pinballs. That's not YMA. Yeah. It, but it felt like YMA. Yeah, for like sure. Like, we were, like, psyched, man. I had my uh, billabong. Remember the wetsuit shorts? Yeah. yeah. I had my billabong. The neoprene wetsuit yeah, shorts? Yeah. The neoprene wetsuit shorts, like Ronnie Burns. And yeah. I remember I had a black rash card and those on, and I was going out at YMA, and they're like, it's pinballs. Settle down. Yeah. Like, Did you ever get sponsored? Uh, you know what? I didn't get sponsored until... I was already like a magazine guy. So like, and the very first sponsor I have is Chris Rea. Thank you, Chris Rea. He's, I think he runs Pelagic now maybe, but yeah. he was at Vulcan for years. And yeah. He ran, or he was running a little brand called Biotribe. Oh, Biotribe. Whoa. Yeah. He wow. Worked, he worked for Biotribe? Yeah. I haven't heard and that in a while. Yeah. He That's gave epic. me my first sponsor. He gave me all these clothes. It was Biotribe. like, that was about the, that was right when I got Their hired. Their stuff was kind there. of cool. You know, it was like fashiony. It wasn't like surfy. It was like a little bit more yeah. cooler, and it felt like one of the mo- uh, one of the first kind of eco-minded brands, right? I, gosh, I was fried. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> this guy. This, if he said, it, I believe it because this guy read every magazine front to back. He yeah, pretty much probably. Yeah, but but yeah, I remember BioTribe was yeah. a sick for sure. Yeah, I didn't know Chris Rea worked there. Yeah, I, the the rep for this area was Kirk Kirk Hodson. So, see, but I remember I was like, I, I mean, how sick is that? To it was sponsored. It was it was super cool, and I think it's because I, I was like, kind of at that time I was working at, you know, that's one thing we didn't mention. I was editor of Beach Happy before surfing. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get through that. But, I, uh, I have it on here. But, but I was yeah. I was already kind of like making a little name as a journalist, and that's probably why I got sponsored too. Okay, before know? we before we get yeah. into that, so you're in high school, you didn't really surf contests. And your goal was to move to Newport. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Were you a good student? You said you were a good student, yeah. Um, I was probably until surfing took over. Until <laughs> I probably was until like kindergarten. Oh wait, no, I'm <laughs> no. But I think my senior year is when 
Yeah, I probably dropped off because I was ditching more to surf. And yeah. by that, by the time I was eighteen, I turned eighteen in high school. By the time I was just, I was down here every weekend as much as possible. What What were your, um, like aspirations to to become? Back then, well, even in high school, I started a little zine. Uh, oh wow! So we used to every weekend back then, we'd go to Santa Trails Trail One. That was our spot, Trail One, every weekend. Late night likes to go to Trail Six. Yeah. <laughs> Clothing optional. Yeah. But we'd either Dawn Patrol Newport and then go hang out at Trail One, or we'd go to Trail One and come up here and surf in the evening. But we'd but so we had Trail One. I did a little zine in high school called the Snail Gazette. So it's so, wait, so, so lame. Snail, the snail. We used to call trails snails because the waves are so slow. So um, what? So you were kind of into the journalism yeah thing, thing yeah I, I was in a school I was uh, I worked on were you a school. good writer like you wrote stories fiction I think I got or? better I took some call I took uh, so I was in the school newspaper in high school okay. then I started my little zine that was just kind of I think I did one or two little stupid issues and then tell us about that so yeah. was it like a it was just you printed li- it up and you line, had- it was lined paper with pictures from magazines cut out and just stories typed on paper, pictures cut out and put on the paper and then stapled together. Sick. Like just like not even like a real zine, just like Xerox copies. Yeah. Like cheesy. But but it was content that you you created. I felt, yeah, I felt passionate about it. Like to, I thought it was so cool. Like and did you create a bunch of copies and like hand them out to your friends? Oh, I, I think I printed three or four just for my 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 friends. <laughs> and then, I mean, what was your inspiration? Like, were you reading like I, all the surf mags and you just yeah. fell in love with the storytelling? I like, think. Uh, oh man, I read those magazines cover to cover. For sure, we I all could, did. I, it's like almost like I could. If you show me a picture from an old magazine, I could probably tell you the caption. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about. They had short attention span. But so, so, I have a short attention span, but I can remember stuff from like 50 years ago. Right. So surfing, surfer, surfer's journal, wave action, uh, what else is there? Waves, tracks. There was beach happy. Beach yeah. happy. Um, but those... But, but before you started working in the... in the. But the, yeah, those all weren't around what, when he was right. a grom. What yeah. were you... What were you looking at? Surfer Journal was even I would, around. Yeah, I was Surfer only... Surfer Journal was around? No. I was getting the uh, every... Year, Action Now. Yeah. Or Breakout. Bro. Breakout. Breakout. Yeah. yeah, so I used to, uh, every year at Christmas... Our friend's dad, uh, you know Summer Rap and Steve Rap? Yeah. Her dad started Breakout. Oh, wow. Yeah, George, I forget his last name now, but... George, yeah, it's a Spanish last yes. name. Yes, yes. Yeah. George Lopez? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> George Salvador. Salvador! Dude. Fucking A. I love it. We're on the See? same page. We, we're, yeah. We're like yeah. a walking. Yeah. Booyah. Yeah. You know, he was kind of like, uh, you know, Latino. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. Oh, Samson, Samson, Samsonite. Samson. I was way off. Slippy, slappy. <laughs> Italian. Italian. Now that's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I every year at Christmas, I'd get every... My stocking every year forever a subscription, subscription. to the magazine. Oh. I think everybody Dude. did back then. You know, you get your Christmas subscription and. I'm from a poor family. No, I didn't. <laughs> Dude, I yeah, the, just to peel out the little excerpt in the middle, you know, and write your name on the back and be like, "Can I get this, please?" See, I was an underprivileged kid. Uh huh. I would get the magazines when you would, would steal it from the, the liquor store, remember? bro. They would put them at the counter with the the tops cut off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Right? Damn. 
Ghetto Fabulous over here. But I, I think Ghetto Fabulous, yeah. man. But doing that little zine, I I was just enthralled. Like by that time, I would just I would read cover to cover. I pick. I just was. In, what was your favorite mag? I, I always liked surfing. Yeah. Yeah. A little more. You don't edgier. have to say that because you work for. Them. No, I don't. I just I just I think I liked the like lo. I liked the logo. It was big and bold. And the covers more were colorful, the, co- more... the covers were so bright. If you think back to oh, some of those very... '80s covers, yeah, they were so good. And surfers were just always kind of boring to me. Yeah. yeah. So, were you edgy. surfing? What? Where was your spots for surfing when you were coming to Newport? Uh, was your like stopping grounds? Oh, 56th Street 56th for sure. Street. Yeah, because by that time my brother moved from River Jetties to uh, 52nd. Like he lived in down on Neptune and 52nd Street. So it was just by that time it was. 54th and 56th exclusively. So when you first started like showing up in the area, did you feel uh, any resistance? Did you feel the localism part of it? No, because I think I'd been down. I, I knew everybody since a young age. Yeah. So I, I, by the time I was down here. So you were the dick that was probably yelling at other people. No, I, I, I could <laughs> I could never act like a local because I'm so that no, would but, be a contradiction. But how bad was the Newport locals too, though? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I was everywhere, little, everywhere, everywhere back then. When I was really young, like Larson was the worst. No, I didn't even. I was a grung. When I was twelve, thirteen, though, we could not serve fifty fourth or fifty sixth. Yeah. You yeah. Just, that was you, Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, you had to be at thirty sixth until you earn your way up to those upper jetties. You know. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like the the pecking order it's, and the pay your dues. That's gone. And prove your, you know. Unfortunately, worse. sadly, that's sadly. Gone. I mean, Fifty Sixth yeah. Street now is freaking. All ten-year-olds, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I, it's, I can't surf yeah. those places, man. I have been surfing when it's bigger, and I can't handle Huntington. I'll go to Newport and surf Thirty-six or Fortieth yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah. He, but he's he's talking about the winter, you know, oh, winter it, winter swells where it's like half the size. It's not like he's going to surf the point Newport Point on this big south. Did so. I say Newport Point? No, no. <laughs> I, was just, I was just making sure you, you know, these listeners know exactly where you're paddling at what time of year. Oh yeah. Okay. Just kidding. Okay. But, but no, they're, they're, all those all those spots, even though they were, you know, just a few blocks away, all had their crew at each a spot. Pecking, yeah. Pecking order at each spot. Yeah. It wasn't like the same guys kind of. Obviously, they could go anywhere they wanted. Yeah. The, 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 the yeah. pros and the good guys, but you had to deal with specific guys at each break. Yeah. So, did you ever go to those like Quicksilver workouts or? No, no, I, I didn't go to, I wasn't involved in, in, it's weird because like I was into surfing, but I was just so focused on going surfing yeah, and, and going to Trestles or San Ofre or by that, in those days, the whole coast, we were surfing Blacks, Sunset Cliffs, Rincon, Halama, like every weekend we were just somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, that I, really helps perpetuate like and improve your surfing like rapidly versus yeah. surfing the same spot all the time yeah. you know yeah. because you got to adjust you got to learn like you know different lineups and different like you know yeah wave transitions everything yeah and i don't think i was good enough to really notice all those yeah intricacies in trick- or whatever but but uh yeah i just i i didn't hear about the quicksilver workouts probably until i already had lived in newport yeah because yeah. uh lar used to go to those things and yeah. i remember you know we've talked to a couple different people and like things that happened in Newport, you know, and like how, how 54th street was like, I mean, well, Quicksilver was running Mike so Boyer, strong, right? Yeah. Mike, fucking made that 
mm-hmm. Studio 54 yeah. pretty much happened. But going back to all the all the locals there, you know, we I was a Quicksilver rider and they kind of embraced me because we were on the same team, but they were like fucking Huntington guys. <laughs> fucking Huntington guys. Me and Barry Deffenbaugh were like the two uh, Quicksilver guys from Huntington and it was like it, we got some resistance, but yeah. we showed up and we were respectful and we showed up and blowed up. Yeah, we kind of did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, these guys can surf. He's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. think any other guy from Newport was in the uh, momentum generation. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's right. I don't know. Maybe Richie, right? No. Maybe one little clip. Nope. Never. No. Okay. Whatever. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> It's Dick funny because Miller's just a little yeah. older than that. Yeah. Yeah. And Richie's a little older. And then obviously Droid. I mean, yeah, so there's really no momentum generation Newport guy. Yeah, that's a trip now that we met. If anyone, there, it would have been Sean Hoyland. I don't know if you guys remember I Hoyland. remember Sean Hoyland, but yeah. I don't remember Sean Hoyland. Yeah. I remember he was, the name. He's super underground local guy. But, you know, you had incredible surfers at like my age. You had like Dave Post. You had um, mm. Mark Caffey. You had. Uh, um, Eckert, e- Troy Eckert. Yeah, th- I mean, there was a bunch of guys that, like, I mean, ripped and were yeah. dominating, and definitely, you know, and we'll get to the air, air show talk, soon. and yeah, soon. But no, I mean, there was good surfers everywhere, just like today. But you know, there's different like highlights. You know, like Creek. You know, we talk about like you know, you worked at surfing, and you know, Flame was Mister Surfing Magazine, and you know that arena down there was his, yeah. Was his, and it was stu- it was the next Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. You know, for a long period of time. Salt Creek. Salt yeah. Creek. So let's go back. You you were you made a zine snail <laughs> snail the snail gazette, gazette. snail gazette horrible name. <laughs> and um, what what was your first job? Like, what did you oh do? man, at McDonald's. You mean? McDonald's? Yes. Yeah. Right here. Was, High fives. High I was, fives. I was 16. McDonald's alumni Upland. over here. In Upland, yeah. 16, got a job at McDonald's. and But the thing is, my my best friend Matt, was he was turning 16 like a, a month later. But we used to hang out there, man. We're getting When we turn 16, we're getting jobs at McDonald's, right? Give me that bro tap. Oh. We're getting jobs at McDonald's, right? So I Dude. get it. Dude. I'm there. And then it comes. I've been there about a month. And I'm like, what's up, bro? He's like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> And I freaking, and then all of a sudden they scheduled me at 5 a.m. on a Saturday and I freaking quit and went surfing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't so. last long. I just wanted to do this to say I did it. Oh, man. I mean, I'll never forget stealing the chicken nuggets, putting them in my pocket, and having the freaking grease from them just freaking pour through my polyester brown <laughs> McDonald's pants. Oh, I, I had friends that would come with just a pile of change and buy the cheapest item on the menu, which I think was. A small fry. Wait a or, minute. Or you worked at McDonald's hammer. too? Right here. Yeah. That's why I was giving you a high five. Right here. Uh, beach, in that, beach in Indianapolis. That's yeah. Anyways, and our friend, initials MM, would come with pennies pennies and nickels, maybe a couple. And he would count out like, I think it was 60, with tax, 63 cents for a hamburger, no cheese. And he would be the guy, my manager's. 10 feet away and he'd be like um you know we get it to go put it in a bag you know and be like extra french fry hey you forgot the apple pie sir excuse me sir you forgot the apple pie hey uh where's the filet of fish like he would would kept like barking out like i forgot stuff and i'm like yeah 
so good. Pete Rocky and Craig Etchigoyen would come in, like all the all the, all my friends, just to load up on food and give me crap. That's and awesome. if there was social media back then, there would have been a million photos. But oh, back man. then, there was no yeah. documentation. Yeah, I'm really sad I don't have a photo but, of me behind the register. But it was—I mean, it wasn't a hard job, and I was stoked. I got—I got the job because they—I asked, "Do I get to eat for free?" You know, like on my breaks and before. I'm all before I start my 15-minute break. You know, a couple hours in, my half-hour break, four hours in, and then after. Can like, I eat? <laughs> I probably I probably eat more than I was worth that uh, eight hours. Oh, but guaranteed. <laughs> this guy funny. can put away some food. Uh, but it was so Damn. good. It was so fun. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's not about late night. Hey, no, I no, like my late night Again, story. sidebar story. McDonald's. Sidebars. Sidebar. Upland. McDonald's brothers. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I had different jobs. I worked there for like a month, and I worked at Chick Sporting Goods. I worked in the skateboard wow. department. Chick Sporting Goods. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. So They're worked, kind of one of they sold our the dicks, right? Yeah. 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 A lot of people, a lot of bit, uh, action sports sold to chicks. Yeah. Like it was like kind of um, not underground, but a new distribution. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was and so they, stoked. They killed it for they sure. Killed yeah. It. Yeah, that was the heyday. So I, I what built were you doing there? skateboards. No way. So I put, you know, I worked the skateboard department, and that was so sick. That Did they have like a good lineup of goods? Like, they, had all, you know? they had all the all the Lester Casais, your Nottis Coppice, your Lance Mountain, all the like, yeah, all the late eight or you know, eight. This is eighty seven. Airwalks. Yeah. So. Some airwalks. Some Jimmy Z's. But that was cool. I remember, and it's funny because I think. I don't know. I, I remember being at work one day and Joey Brand or like, oh no, no, it was an ad in a certain, I had a magazine at work and Joey Brand's number was in an ad and I'm like, whoa, is that really his phone number? It was for, I can't remember what it was for and I called the number and he picked up. No way. And I was tripping. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, weird. This is really you. All right. Late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bother you. Sure, but. But I was like always just like I said, I'll say it again. I was just always starstruck. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. awesome. But it was cool. I, I worked there in the skateboard department and then I worked in the it was called the uh uh the hardware department, which was hard goods, so skis and then eventually snowboards, but I sold a ton of skis and ski boots and that was that was a cool job because that's how we got our passes for Baldy, we got season passes for yeah. Baldy. We'd get hooked up from the hooked up and from stuff. yeah. Because Chicks was like a smaller version of um, Sports LA. Sports LA, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They specialize in... Scuba. No, well, they specialize in hard goods and, and kind of the more, you know, trendy stuff versus the, you know, the big five type of yeah. sports. And camping. I remember the yeah. buyer's name that I used to deal with. Mark Anderson. Oh, Mark Anderson. Yeah. Man. That was a cool, like, even though it was a bigger type business, it was still like a rad, like, small mom and pop. Yeah, type store. But yeah. you know, for somebody that's just you know looking for a job to keep the parents happy, get a little like cash in, yeah. like you kind of like that was a good gig. That was you a know? good gig, yeah. Because there wasn't Surfside Sports or Newport Surfing Sport like in your hood. There you had there chicks, nuts. yeah. Like there, there were, you know, if you wanted to be in, in, invested in that, like yeah, I don't even, I don't even think I don't even think chicks did. Uh... What led you to what? What was your first job in the industry? Man? Um, so I moved to Newport, uh, I think when I was... You need another Ashland? Yeah, those Ashlands are so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. They go down fast. I already drink them. I already know they're good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but there's all these new flavors all the time, like the black cherry. I like the uh, lime. lime. Ashland. Yeah. yeah. This is the sound of Ashland. No, but they, I, I get hit up so many from so many people about how good those are. You know, the Ashlands. Oh, sick. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Not just because we're sponsored by them, but because they're authentically delicious. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, geez, my first industry job, well, when I moved to Newport, I moved to Newport, well, I did a year of junior college up there, and I flunked out everything because I just wasn't, and I told my parents, look, if you just... I'm going to move to Newport, I'm going to go, go to OCC, and I promise I'll do good. Trust me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's so funny? The parents are so gullible, right? And they're so hopeful, right? Like, I, you know what? He's, he's earnest. He's telling the truth. Because he's going to live by the beach. It's going to make him happy. He's going to give him more time. Instead of driving to the beach, he's going to have more time to study, more time to focus. Yeah. We're going to help him move to Newport and go to OCC. That's right. Oh, wait. Is it OCC that you went to? Or yeah. Okay. OCC. Yeah. <laughs> that was freaking fun. Yeah, so I did that. And then, uh, gosh, OCC was, that was a, a good time. I did really good at OCC, actually. But there I took journalism classes. Okay. I was actually working. So I was going to school and working at Hogue Hospital. I got a job when I moved down here. I got a job in the pharmacy department. Wow! So I did. I was the pharmacy runner, and I would run around and deliver IVs and morphine and whatever drugs all At over the, the hospital? hospital. Yeah. Okay. All over the hospital, and uh, killer. It's by the beach. Yeah, at, and so at night at the pharmacy, like I'd work till eleven thirty, but like by nine o'clock it was dead. So I'd sit in the pharmacy, and that's where I. Start writing? I started writing because all my friends, like Troy Eckert, all these guys were traveling and all my friends were pro surfers and I was just kind of, so once I moved down here, I was, we had a, a group and I'm like, man, I, I'm going to freaking, I came up, I don't know how I came up with the name Ghetto Juice. I think it's a combination of Ghetto Dog, Quicksilver Ghetto Dogs and then the juice, Ghetto Juice. I, I juice. Yeah, just the waves, like the juice. Yeah. But it came up with Ghetto Juice in the pharmacy, and... You're a big fan of O.J. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> Still am. Uh, you drove a white Bronco. That's right. Yeah, so, but that's where I started the, the real zine, and that was real Xerox copies. I'd print, like... So, three. wait, you started Ghetto Juice way back in the day? Yeah, yeah. 92. What the fuck? And, that, and that's how it parlayed in, into... Beach happy, yeah. Because well, let's talk about. Well, I know, first. but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So four, I did. So four. he worked at Hogue Hospital. I know. Yeah. yeah, at the pharmacy. Pharmacy. Yeah. 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 I have yours. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm deaf. So <laughs> what? I didn't know. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't ride it in the car with him. You you, you might go. But, but the, yeah. yeah, those early zines were classic. I think I did five issues, but they were like twenty pages long. So you started Ghetto Juice. At work in the at pharmacy. Work. And okay. Were they just collages, black and white? They were black and white, but on colored paper, which on I thought was paper. really cool. So Wait, blue... black and white? But with... Black and white ink, but on colored paper. Wow. Like yellow paper, blue paper, yeah. pink paper. Yeah. So, and, look... and, um, so what were you? What was your goal with? Well, my niche, I was like, what Beach Grit is doing now, I was doing then. Okay. I was heckling people. I was like... Kind of gossipy stuff? 
Yeah, but like. Uh, but not go but people. gossipy because you're on the inside, not the outside. You yeah. know, like you yeah. know what I mean. You know, like. So I'd yeah. heck, I'd heckle pro surfers. I'd take pictures of magazines, cut them out, put them in, write something funny, and then I had a dear Skippy column that I just all oh, I made up questions and answers. I did a a parody. Yeah, I mean, I did a, a feature on this girl that was our neighbor, and she was like the only hot chick that lived in the ghetto at the time. So I did like an interview with her, and uh, interview my friends, and do Q and As, and I'd do like a phone call to Russell Surfboards, and just like re record the conversation yeah. and just random stuff. But uh, I did four issues of that while I was at OCC. I was doing journalism classes. I really liked it. And then there was a Quicksilver party. And oh wait, actually, I gotta go. I, I digress. There was lots of Quicksilver so, parties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which one? Man? So after four issues, Alibaba from Ooh. Beach Happy said, "Man, this is cool." I, I don't know how he got. I can't remember how he got in touch with me. He says, "Hey, we want to freaking do a column. Or do something? a column yeah. in the magazine on Ghetto Juice and." He's like, we're at the Alibaba Motel. I'm like, what? Alibaba Motel? <laughs> On Newport Boulevard. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> so he is to freaking rent a room there for during production for the magazine. So I went over there one night, and it was him and Todd Messick. Uh, sick. So Todd Messick at the time was a pro, pro snowboarder. So this is, and there was a, an interview on him and the mag, so he was helping us lay it out. It was before his photography, before his shaping, all that. And so it led to that, and then four or five months later... He's like, hey, you're going to be editor now. I'm like, great. And I never got a dime, but he paid me in product. And the office at that time kind was not. product. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of acid. Um, anyway. But. Uh, Wait. You stopped doing ghetto juice on your own and you made it a column in his magazine. Yeah. Be chappy. Yeah. And Alibaba. I mean, I've heard of Alibaba. I think I've met him. He's a big white guy, right? Robert Langren, yeah. Okay, so what, what what was his story? His story was LSD. Acid. Yeah. Like that's what he. His yeah he LSD and and, uh, and dead shows. That was his. That his, was his deal. That was his potion. Yeah. And did he surf? He might have longboarded. Okay, and he started beach happy. Yeah, him okay. and I think. I I might not have this correct, but maybe with Zelda started that with him. Okay. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah. but but he was infused in the industry because of just Acid. parties and yeah. yeah like he had a lot of connections yeah you know and, and he had money to kind of and, move around and, and I tell you told, <laughs> Beach Happy was a fucking sick magazine that was so sick that thing was right? for, the form the format and and just kind of not doing it over overly productive you know production like style like it was. It was a zine yeah, that was, it was raw, it was, and it was it was, a, it was a fun fucking thing to read through. Yeah, and the distribution and you get your fingers dirty like a zine. Yeah. yeah, but it was also distributed, you know, across the country. It was everywhere, and, and yeah. you know how they did that? Every month they'd get Acid. them. Now, <laughs> uh, when the magazines would come out, we'd go to the printer in I want to say Westminster somewhere out there by Cypress something. We'd get the magazine, we'd take them all to Quicksilver. And Quicksilver did all the shipping across the country for us. That's wow. Yeah. And you just drop the mags off and they'd put them out with their clothes. Because they're, yeah. they're already distributing like, to every surf yeah. shop. You're like, hey, here's a pile to go to that shop. Here's a pile to go to that shop. Yeah. That's smart. And then they were Jersey, back. Heritage Surf and Sport. Yeah. Various yeah. Surf and Sport. Brave mm -hmm. New World. Ron Johns. Oh, Sunrise easy, guys. Jump yeah. T Street. 
Yeah, sub a t-shirt. <laughs> but hey, we're just trying to promote people, bro. I love it. That's what we yeah. do with the show. That's what we do. That's we love right. all of our retailers. Yeah, so that was cool. And I was there like six months. So everything happened from 92. And you never got paid? No, just I'd get product. <laughs> LSD. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I never got paid. I got free Wahoos because the office was next door to the original Wahoos on Placentia. Awesome. Yeah, that, that building is still there if so, you drive by. So, hold on a second. When he... When Robert Langreed said, hey, Bradley skips Steve. <laughs> um, I like what you're doing with ghetto juice. Why don't yeah. you fucking... We need a little spice over here. Why don't you uh, hit your uh, wagon onto the beach happy wagon mm-hmm. and, you know, contribute here. Did you, like, negotiate anything or... I just... I couldn't... Stoked? I couldn't frothing. believe it. Because I, I, I was selling infatuated with magazines and that's why I started ghetto juice and I did it I loved it so much and I never explained so, and I never did it to try to get a job at another place yeah you know? now, now yeah the, there's no there's no ambitions I, to like stepping stone you're just like I'm just gonna do this because yeah. I got offered it so so ghetto juice we you, you printed some right mm-hmm. um, did where were you Sponsored? Did you get advertising or was it no. just... No, I would like... Uh, I remember the only ad I ever ran in that, I grabbed, it was... Uh, do you guys remember the Volcom ad with Madonna fingering herself? Yes. So yes. I did... That was the only ad that ever ran in Ghetto Juice. Did, did you get paid for that? No. Just did it. Yeah, I just did it. And, <laughs> to, to, to be like, who, hey, who we're, you know, we got that? a sponsor. Or like, yeah, did, I, did you come up with that ad or they came up with it and oh, said, hey, run this? Oh yeah, that the Madonna Volcom ad, that was all them. But I just borrowed it and put it in the magazine. Okay, to make so it you, lo- to you make never it look made, legit. But I never made money with no. ghetto juice. But people liked what you were doing. Yeah. Robert Langreen said, Fuck, this kid's got some talent. Let's yeah. let's bring him on. Yeah, board. he he had picked up a copy at Volcom because I would go to all the uh I would drop a, a zine off at every all the companies are around here. Yeah. I'd drop yeah. Quicksilver, yeah. Billabong, yeah. Full You're film. in the what do they call it? Velcro Valley. Velcro Valley, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you, you also want to put a name for yourself, but it's also your marketing you know, campaign. Like, hey, you know, I'm doing yeah. this, and if somebody picks up on it, maybe yeah. that opens doors for that company, or, you know, like, well, did you ever think yeah. about working for any no, of these companies? No, but I wasn't shy about letting, like, on the masthead, I wasn't shy about letting people know what I did. I was editor, I was publisher, I was art director, I was photographer, I was uh, office manager, I was finance, I, I, yeah, I made up all these titles and I just put my name next to everyone. It was the editor, so everything. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. Because yeah. you are, you are all those. Yeah. So you're not like, yeah. so, so, Beach Happy, was that like a, a good move for you? Like, oh man, that was a dream. Yeah. I tell you, I was like, I couldn't believe that that I was working with Beach Happy. I couldn't. I still could. I yeah. couldn't believe it. No, I couldn't. Believe honestly, it. Beach Happy was a fucking rad magazine. Well, it's legit for a couple years. And I think because the, the the magazines like Surfing and Surfer and maybe some of the other like international mags, they were you could pick up in a supermarket or at the magazine stand or whatever, and they were great for yeah. what they what they produced, yeah. but. Beach Happy was kind of like what all the guys in the shop were yeah. like. Well, oh, I was at that party, or I know that I was. Oh, I was out that yeah. day. You know, it was a little it's, bit more. Yeah, the connected. The, it was the babble. It was called the ba- babble section, yeah. and that was just like, oh, this guy was at a party, or we saw John, and, thank, and and that just I loved that part of it. Yeah, because it was well, my, 
the, 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 from, from my recollection of the magazine, it was the underground, That's, uh, and, new school, like tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. you know, like let, let those guys be polished and professional, the real magazines, mm-hmm. right? And let us be the antithesis yeah. to that. Yeah, I'll tell you, those, the, I would later find out that Magnona and the public, like, I'm not sure what Surfer thought, but I know Magnona freaking hated those zines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's surfer or surfing? He was a publisher of surfing. Surfing, yeah. okay. Yeah. But because, I mean, again, it, it goes back to a little underground, like you said. Yeah. And if you ever worked or knew and hung out in any surf shop, I mean, again, everybody wants to see those killer Indo shots or Hawaii shots or whatever, but the the babble and the, yeah. the nitty gritty of the talking parties. about that that yeah. scene is where everybody in those surf shops can identify or relate to and want to be and be like it just it's really uplifted like that kind of industry respect but also envy like oh i I miss that party i want to go to that next party like you know then you start i was just gonna say that's the 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 magazine that first started fomo yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but you know like to get get in everybody's putting on movie premieres and you know it's really hard to get in and it wasn't just we're throwing this soap into the, you know. Well, back then, if you got a stamp-sized picture of yourself and a little zine-like beach happy, that was huge. Killing it. Huge. huge, yeah. 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 And, and I mean, for me, being a little kid who used to study winner circles of results, <laughs> I used to see if I knew any name. Oh, I know him. I'd yeah. highlight him with a highlight. That's, that's, the, that, that's the contest that's result the, page, that. the second last on the right side of, you know, every... <laughs> yeah, the winner circle section in Surfing Magazine, man. That, that so, was some good So, times. beach happy... It seemed like it got it got better, a little bit more polished, and it looked like it was a paid for advertising oh, magazine. Oh, he got he made bad. right. Yeah, he killed it. Like I mean, Quicksilver, Volcom, everybody, everybody he advertised. Yeah. But he was the first, really, because he was skate and snow. Right? Yeah, so yeah. he was getting advertisers from all those. And that's yeah. and that was a lot of the brands. You know, like you look at. Quicksilver kind of made that push, and then Volcom just took it and executed it Owned to perfection. It. Yeah. You know, as far as adding on to those other, you know, sports and, and you know, doing a true action sport, not just a surf brand, yeah. but like Volcom. But then you got to think the ASR days and like, you know, like all the parties, and that was two times a year on the West Coast, two times a year on the East Coast is with, with Surf Expo. And the stuff that went on there, and they got the piggyback. It was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of good content. Yeah, yeah. you know, because they were they were yeah, they, they were doing movie premieres. They were yeah. and celebrating that's where, the brand. And uh, it was at I a think Tom Ruiz got a lot of babble. Tom Ruiz, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, the pirate got a lot of babble pages. Oh man, pirate sir? No, pirate. He's a pirate. Oh, Tom. Right. Tom's a pirate. Arrgh. Um but that's funny because Pirate Surf is where they debuted, I think, on Beach Happy. They debuted that Pirate Surf line there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... that was another great brand. Dude. So, so epic. Beach Happy and, and then... Four, four, I did like six months at Beach Happy and then I ran into... I was at a Six Quicksil- months? Yeah. Short-lived. Yeah, because yeah, okay. I, I ran into Nick Carroll at a Quicksilver party. Wait, Nick Carroll? Yeah. Okay. And he was the... He was editor head, of surfing. Head... Or he was... Yeah, he was about, he was, he was, he had just moved here to work for surfing. And uh, 
well, I'll get to that in a sec, but I met him at a party and I'm oh man, I do, hey, I was like, so, like, so whether it was Sam George or Nick Carroll, like I was just as starstruck with the writers as I was pro servers. Yeah. So I saw Nick Carroll, oh my gosh, dude, hey, I got, the, I, I do this zine and he's oh, you gotta send me one. I sent it to him in the mail at surfing. After, I sent a ghetto happy? juice. A, a ghetto juice. Oh, ghetto juice. Yeah. Okay. And so. Were you working for Beach Happy or? I was I was doing my common Beach Happy, but I want I wanted to send him my my yeah. my zine because it's yours. Yeah, and, yeah. and even my four issues that I did it was still like you know six months old. It wasn't it wasn't like three years old or anything. Yeah. It was still kind of relevant. Hey, I check it. So I sent it to him. And never expect anything. And then I got the phone call that changed my life. Really? Freaking left me. I got home from work and my roommate, Chris Collins, like, hey, there's a voicemail for you. And it's freaking Nick Carroll going, hey, how's it going? Fucking the Richie Collins drug use is life abuse event is in Huntington this, this weekend. And we'd like, wondering if you'd cover it for us. Wow. For Surfing Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. But actually before that. Uh, well, yeah, that was a big one. But I was also doing little surf check notes for him. You remember surf check? The little—it's like the babble for surfing. It was okay. in the very back. Surf check. Okay. So you already had a little bit of a relationship with the magazine. Yeah, yeah. And but not Nick Carroll. Like, and who you were doing who, that before Nick Carroll? So basically, I met Nick Carroll. Sent him Ghetto Juice. He sent me a thing to cover the contest. But I was out. But in that same period, I was sending little bits of Newport to him, like. He was getting stuff from, like, oh, yeah, these guys had a crazy party, and I'd send him a photo. Like, so it was the first time that Serving Magazine got kind of cool because they're like showing in. Look at all these freaking, all the new school freaking guys partying. Like, there was some party photos, but it was a little different with Ghetto Juice style, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, so but that was my first. He gave me that opportunity to to write a story on that contest, and then within three months. Uh, probably five months later, I, he freaking said, "Hey, we got a freaking opening down here. David Gilovich is going to Surfline. I'm going to be so." There, Sam George went to Surfer. Dave Gilovich left to Surfline. PT left to Rusty. Wow. They brought they bought out International Surf. Brought Zeldin in to run the advertising, and freaking brought Skippy in to be assistant editor. Cool. Yeah, and that was all in, I think Zelda and I started in September 93, about the same time. So six months, you, you get a juice, you, you print it out for... So with, within a within a year and a half of doing my first little zine, I was already working at Surfing Magazine. I couldn't believe it. Fucking that's, yeah. That's really fast, especially and when when the, the print cycle and the slow-mo of like what that era was, you and, know? And you think about what happened in 93... Uh, or those around those times, like I don't think I realized what an important time in surfing history that I, oh. that I was walking into. Yeah, the, with the, the momentum generation. Well, that and yeah, the Volk was the, created in '91. Yeah, I mean, Volk was coming up. Slater just had one world title under his belt. I mean, the tour the, split. You know, it old, wasn't just the top 44. Yeah. The, you know, the like, TQS. Yeah, style. but the Radisson was during those years. It was a weird crossover. So when I was starting to go to events and travel for the magazine. It was the the, the Taylor Knoxes, Ross Williams, Shane Dorians, Kelly Slaters, all those guys. And then it was also the freaking Barton Lynch, Damian Hardman, yeah, old school, old Luke school, Egan, Matt Hoy, all those guys are on tour. Yeah. And and so it was really like to become friends with whether it's Barton Lynch or Damian Hardman and, and Poto, like it was just it was like all of a sudden I was like getting to 
meet my childhood heroes, but then also be part of the new generation. Yeah. You're, you're young enough and in the mix that you could hang with the new kids on the block. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, it's just cool because I got to see those older guys on tour before they dropped out like the 80s stars. You know? Yeah. So, so go back. The phone call, Nick Carroll. Wow. Right. Yeah. And he says, we have a position for you here. Right. And you're working at Hogue Hospital, right? That mm-hmm. was pretty much yeah, your, yeah. And you're going to school, yeah. right? Um, when when he, when that position, did, what was it? I remember what, it was, was the pay. It was 24000 a year, and I could not believe it. Was, was that good or bad? That, I, I felt like for me, that was a lot because my rent was only 300 That's sick. You know, so I... What I, were you making at the Hogue? Uh, whatever minimum wage would have been. Okay. Yeah. Four twenty-five. Yeah. Four four fifteen. No, I'm just kidding. I don't so, know. So so it was like a career, a start of your yeah. Life that was career. and and it's funny because I had just gotten I started surfing in September '93, and in August or June or July I got my ex, acceptance letter. Not an acceptance letter, but I got Off my I got ad, my admissions form because I had applied was going to go to Cal State Long Beach to continue mm. journalism. And Ooh, I was getting ready to go. Right there too. Yeah, and I I quit school to take the magazine job because that's what I was, that was my goal anyway yeah. was to work for a magazine. And what do you, what do your parents like? How was yeah. that conversation? I think they were. What I are you doing? They, I think they couldn't believe. It. I think they were so happy for yeah. me. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, they know you probably all the hard work of you know from well, it, from, from doing your little zine at school to. You know, working for these other mags. Just be, just knowing how much of a frother surfer he is. Yeah. And here you are. Oh man, my first time Did, that I had my name published in surfing, I remember I went up to see my mom in Upland, and we went. I went to the supermarket with her, and she, they sold surfing everywhere, so yeah. it was in the supermarkets up there even. And uh, I, it, I can relate because I, I know what it's like to get a, a photo on that. Yeah. Bag. So the. <laughs> The first time, I, I, as I look at Lyndon, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, bro. It's not about me. But no, this no ha- having that let him finish his having that story. having that fucking name <laughs> pop up on that page, right? Yeah, so, so. and my mom bought like four or five copies off the newsstand, and, and it was like, what a it was the surf man. check For section sure. in the back, and it said really small, reported by Skip Sneed and Karen Zekin, and Karen Zekin was like the managing editor back in those days, but. It was the tiniest thing, but it was I, it was like a dream. Yeah, uh, that's so. so first it was cool. surf checks, and then it was uh, editor, right? Or assistant editor. Assistant editor. Yeah, and that's where I was just doing all. I and was that's when you got the twenty-four grand a year full-time job. 20, yeah. yeah, and you had to commute down to San Clemente yep. and mm-hmm. do yeah. the deal. Did you, when you were at OCC? Did, did you being a a froth surfer? Did you know they had a surf team? Did you ever? Uh, did you ever? Uh, I don't think they had it when I was there. I think they stopped it for a while. Oh I think really? They had it through the seventies and some into the eighties, early nineties. They didn't have it, and they might have brought. Because we've had a few guests or less like they were like, "Oh, I was so stoked yeah. to go to OCC to be able to like do their surf surf team," and all the guys were frothers. I mean, are not frothers, yeah. but they ripped and they are all become industry yeah. peeps. Whether they went on to finish their you know, their college at, you know, another university, but, uh, or UC, but. So, so going back to Nick hiring you mm-hmm. and what, what were you responsible for? So back in those days, Nick would, Nick would have been more responsible for picking the cover and writing all the cover lines 
doing the, the intro, the main well, which is your main photo section, uh, all the big stuff. I would, I would write the surf check column, which I later called Plug City. I changed it to Plug City because yeah. we were just plugging people all I the time. City, I handled yeah. that. I handled all the uh, contest results, entering those for the winner circle. I would do uh, the, the letters to editor. The letters to Ed, I would take the letters from the mail and I'd enter them into the computer and write responses back like, and sign it. I always thought that there was a guy named Ed, but I didn't know that Ed was short for editor. Yeah. I was like, who's Ed? <laughs> Replying to all these letters. Um, so I did all the little stuff. And then yeah. pr- and obviously proofreading. But that's how, how it should be, you know? Like to be able to learn yeah. Like yeah. everything about the innards of, you know, what a magazine yeah. takes. Like, you know. It's, you can, it's just like surfing. You, you, you got to do the stepping stone. Prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. prove yeah. And, and understand, like, everything there is. Yeah. Well, if you want to be this guy, you got to do this job first and, and understand it and master it and do well. And then, you know, if you do well, you're going to, you know, yeah. improve. And it's awesome, like, just to sidetrack, like, those early years. Like, so my first year there, they didn't send me to, uh, well, they paid for my ticket to Hawaii. But he's, he says, you got a place to stay out there? <laughs> and well, I, got, uh, I got friends. Yeah, I got a tent. And that's when I freaking, that went through. That's how I ended that up at your trip. house with love. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first trip for a magazine. So epic. Of the picture and, of him. Yeah, so I went to that house. It was on the beach at like Monster Mush, Monster right? Mush, right there in front. And it was freaking Laka Burgess, Jay Larson, Noah, Noah Johnson, Noah Johnson uh, uh, Chris, Chris Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah. And, One punk. Yeah. And yeah. our friend Ryan Grove, who was in the military, would yeah. kind of occasionally come and stay. Yeah, and it was our friend Dan Bilak's house. Okay. But yeah. it's funny because before I stayed with you guys there, I, I spent like two or three nights in in the rental car. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be there. Yeah. 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 I've stayed. So ahead. what were you? That was your first um, assignment. Yeah. Out of the office. Yeah. In the streets, well, not streets, but in the in the cut. Yeah. So what were you? What were you sent there well, for? Was that ninety four or ninety three? Four. No, okay, yeah. so that was my second trip. Probably. My very first trip was 90, 93 for Pipe Masters, Kimsey Pipe Masters, Derek Ho won, and Bill Sharp used Probably. to work at surfing, but he was sent there to come do the main article on the Pipe Masters for surfing, mm-hmm. and Nick sent me there to interview Shane Haran. Wow. Just to enter, just to go, just interview Shane Haran. It's great because he ended up in the finals that of that event, wow. and that was his last. I want to say that's his last like finals appearance ever. Yeah, that's kind of wild. And so, so after the contest, I went up to Shane and introduced himself, and he had heard Nick. Oh yeah, Nick said, and I got to. He was uh, him and Robbie Page had a house down at Rocky Point, and uh, I freaking, I mean, I'm freaking so starstruck at this point. I'm freaking going to Shane and Robbie Page, and I just remember they freaking. We got to his house. I'm gonna do the interview. I got my tape recorder. And freaking, they just busted out like the, the biggest joints <laughs> I ever seen. And Shane and Robbie, man, those guys, hats off. <laughs> Did you smoke it with them? Yeah. You, you yeah. can't turn that down? Are you kidding me? You're there to like, you know. believe it. So Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was my very first assignment, like a travel, my very first travel assignment. And the next year, he sent so me back. can I ask you, um, I know... Back in that time, 93, Pipeline Masters, it's Shane Haran. Why did he pick, what was the reason it was Shane To Haran? do an interview? Yeah. I think Nick probably intuitively knew that it was, it was like Shane's last. last yeah. Oh. And just get a, a good perspective of yeah. like the new guard, because obviously Slater's already you know won and 
you know, people, there's a new, you know, changing of the guard. The guard. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of rad. Yeah. Um, I still have that tape on, uh, interview on tape. I have all my little tapes. Shut still. the fuck yeah. up. So you didn't, have have to hand, to like... you didn't have to hand those over? You kept, you had ownership? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have ownership of all my interviews. That's you're you're going to have to, like, splice some stuff to me. I know. That would be insane. If that'll, I, could, I... I mean, that'll be fun to post on the... I mean, that's that's sick as that. That's history, you know. That's archive. Like that's so. That's amazing. Like how? What were your questions? Or I I don't remember my questions. So what is it? Are you scared to hit the bottom? Like you write a laser zap at pipeline? (laughs) Yeah, I remember the first. I I mean, I could definitely. We're not making fun of you. We're just. Visualize now. I mean, what what kind Dude, of questions? I would, I would yeah. bust laser out. zap. <laughs> we heal. That's what we know about Shaheran, uh, right? So good. But that yeah, that, that was insane. That that was really cool. But I I'd have to go back and look and see what the interview. I don't remember the interview, but it's in the magazine. That's so yeah. fucking awesome. That's so yeah. That I mean, was your first. That was my first assignment. Yeah. My first interview. And so were you able to like. Mix business with pleasure and extend, or were you this in and out, or did you get to hang and watch a whole event like for the time period? Or oh yeah, I think I was there ten days, and yeah. I stayed. I stayed, but that time I stayed with my friend Jay Jay Vera. Do you ever know Jay yeah, or Joey I, Vera? Yeah, bodyboarder, right? Yeah, yeah. Jay, uh, Joey Vera is a bodyboarder. Jay's a surfer. They're reps on Hawaii, but he used to come and stay with us in Newport, and uh, that's I stayed without him in Wailua. He had a house out there, and and. Uh, I'd stay with him, and then I'd freaking just. I think I checked with Noah Johnson that that during that trip, but that was before we used to get the houses. Because yeah. come like ninety five, I think we'd get a house every year for a month and do the magazine there. Yeah, it I mean, was what a uh, what a fucking like earth changing, world changing job, right? Hundred percent. And and you being like again. You know, a kid from Upland. Upland, yeah. And you're like, you know, you're you're living in Newport, and you're like, seeing kids that are pros, right? Mm-hmm. Like, blowing up, getting yeah. mags. You're like, and then that step in the same kind of, you know, it's not like jealousy or whatever because of those guys being Newport, whatever, you yeah. know, and getting your magazines. But now here you are, a cop getting an accomplishment or, or getting a, a you're in the show you're in the fucking you're, sure, you're going to you're not a pro surfer but you're a pro fucking surfer in a way you know what I mean yeah I got to travel around all the events you got, yeah. you got credentials bitch bro you're you just you interviewed Shane fucking Haran and how old are you the joint and, and how old are you joint and I was 23 yeah 23 Robbie Page and Shane Haran I know and, and but, me, me and Robbie still talk about that to the day. But what blows me away is you're working for Surfing Magazine, a, a huge There's publication. There's two magazines that really but, resonate. But, or, but or, he's going to Hawaii. And you got a place to stay? We got your, your airfare. <laughs> like, I, I mean, for, for somebody in your position, you're like, I don't even care. I'm going over there. But yeah. if somebody were to like, graduate from college and some like snooty like you know industry that's like you would expect like i'm not going to cover that to like without but yeah, you know like that, that just goes to show that that like the yeah. old school mentality of how things were ran back then yeah you know like but it quickly changed like you mentioned a couple years later now 
surfing and surfer and everybody's got houses on the, mm-hmm. you know, and they understand the content that, you know, November through, you know, pretty much January, February, how much content we need people there all, you know, like mm-hmm. it definitely changed. But the fact that you, you had yeah. to go over there and, hey, we got your ticket. You got a place to stay. Most people would have been like, ah, whoa, that's kind of freaking, yeah. really? Yeah, and then like in 94 when I did that and I ended up at your guys' house, like. Oh, we, I mean, like, we opened doors, everybody. Doors. Yeah, everyone was open doors back then. Yeah. Yeah, was... We had to. I mean, that's how I started. I'm like, I slept at the hostel a few nights and freaking, yeah, car, whatever, man. You just, on the floor, on the couch. Whatever can get thank, you there. Thank you, everybody that let me sleep on their floor or so couch. So, no doubt. So the Shane Haran interview, your first interview, you 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 tape it and then you write it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tape it and then transcribe it. And transcribe it. Yeah. And you kind of it's it's like it's almost like editing, right? Like like we're doing here. Sure. We're taping it and then I have to edit later. I'm not yeah. retyping it or anything, but yeah, transcribing is a little bit more of a bitch because. You're constantly playing it, rewinding it. What's that word? Rewinding it. Yeah. Typing as they're talking. Rewind. That's a nightmare. That's what I have to do, Lar. See, now you know, Jay. Yeah, you know. fucker. I yeah. do all the fucking work for the show. He does. Do you? Yeah. He does. Well, that's why you're in the big chair. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm over here, it's looking good. So, your first go, your first major article in Surfing Magazine, how was it? Well, the, that was a very small sidebar in the pipe story, I think. A sidebar meaning it was just a little tiny chunk. My big, my first real feature was the uh, 93 OP. That, that was only a small little sidebar? Yeah, it was a little freaking huh. interview, probably a couple hundred, 300 words or something like that. For Shane Moran's last contest. I don't know if we knew up. at the time it was his last contest. I'm just thinking like maybe Nick. Yeah, how you feel for the contest? You think you're going to win? Yeah. Like, you know, like. Yeah. But they sent him there. I know. Interview. Yeah. So I was hoping that it was going to be a bigger story. It's but, funny because I originally thought I was going for the Pipe Masters. And then I found out later that Sharp was there. And he didn't even work at the magazine. He used to work at the magazine. I love Bill. but And I remember like being a little like put off. Like, oh, he's, they sent him here to cover the Pipe Masters. And I just doing a little interview with Shane. Yeah, but the, but but the magazines didn't come out. So if you covered pipe, it wasn't coming out until like March. Yeah. yeah. So so they probably had a little bit of wiggle room of like where the stories are going to direct, yeah. how they're going to put that magazine coverage in. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's Shane fucking Haran. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah. if he would have won, he would have had a freaking eight-page freaking article. Yeah. No, no, it, no. I think I the ir- the I, irony there is that Shane was probably when I was a little kid getting subscriptions, the one surfer that stood out in the 70s, the late 70s. Bro, I mean, MR, Rabbit, yes, but Shane was... runner up. Shane was the blonde haired, the sun-kissed ads. Yes. Remember, like, he was the Telling guy. you, if he would have won, you would have had a four... Eight, I would call him up next time you talk to him and be like... Okay. I, I would have had eight a, pages if you would have won yeah, that event. Bro, <laughs> I hate to be a dick, right? But Mark Richards or Shane Grant? Yeah, who are you gonna pick? Well, Shane's more California uh, kid. He's more spoken out. He's more he's like a California uh, kid. Well, I mean, Shane's more colorful. Yeah, he's way more colorful. Way, he's way more stylish. He's style. way more. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So he was not a contest machine. It's yeah. Kind of, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. As you a kid, be as, Shane Haran, as not a, Mark Richards. Yeah. As a kid, I mean, no offense to Mark because he's a legend, but he's as a legend. kid, four world titles. Four Mark world doesn't. Titles. Yeah. 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 Different. That's awesome, but. 
Shane, Shane, Shane Hernan. He's in the Sunkiss commercial. Super <laughs> rad. And he was in the gotcha ads. And, and he was smoked, inside. You smoked the big fat joint with him. So He was colorful. But I'm just... I'm just surprised that, that that your first art, your first assignment was with Shane Ryan, which is whoa, that's fucking gnarly. Yeah. And then, but it's funny because at the, at the time, in the magazine, I, I, I want to say that Shane wasn't a big draw in '93. You know what I Got mean? It. So Got it was it. really cool that Nick had me do that, and almost like, hey, I, I, Nick's like saying, Skip, you need to freaking start with the roots. Yeah. Go interview Shane Ryan. Yeah. Because maybe I was thinking, hey, man, I want to go freaking interview Slater. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that was, maybe it was just, it was smart what Nick did. Maybe it had me respect the the elders, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you would have done that anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you you know what's up and you, you wanted to get in front of people that you respected. Yeah. Of course, I mean. And I had Robbie, uh, Robbie. Page uh, calling me uh, Skippy Cornflakes ever since that day. What? Yeah, he started calling me Skippy Cornflakes. I guess that's a cereal in Australia. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. Google it. So, okay. so then what happened after that? In terms of that that trip or at the magazine? At the magazine. Well, the magazine that's ninety three. Yeah, by ninety four, uh, I was really getting comfortable. Made another trip to the North Shore, but I didn't have accommodations. In uh, 95, we got the first house over there. And then I just went up. I was assistant editor. Then I got um, associate editor and senior editor. And by 99, 2000, I was just editor. So it was a long... As you got those titles, you got more responsibilities. Little, a little more responsibility. is always a little pay bump. And... Uh, but the travel was just the best because I was going to as many CT events around the world that they had wow. sent me to. And sometimes I just, I can't, I look back and go, man, that was so nice of them to send me to France for three weeks. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. wow, that just probably wouldn't happen these days. I mean, unless like you're I like said, a like, tour surfer. That's when he was mentioning, like, you were a, a pro, pro surfer. surfer. Yeah. You know, you, you just didn't have to win heats. You just world. had to put words together. And, and you know the sickest thing was that back in those days, I could go to France for three weeks. Three weeks, and like if you did it these days, you'd be freaking having to upload every day online. Upload your story. Upload yeah. your story. Back then, I could go freaking make notes and come. I'd write my story on the plane on the way home. That was, uh, yeah. You know? So you yeah. could literally just go and cruise, take notes. Do yeah. your interviews, have your tape recorder, yeah. but you didn't have to produce anything on yeah, the spot. Yeah, because back then, you had expectations, right? Different yeah. expectations yeah. to where, okay, he's going to need this much time to travel, write, interview, boom. Well, back then, it was a French leg, so I was like a week in Lacanau, a week in Hossiger, and a week in Baritz, all just one after another. I mean, that was the French leg. That that was the fucking place to be. yeah. It was, yeah, a lot of good fun <laughs> days over there. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. No, but you, I, again, like, I like that perspective and, and that analogy that he had is you don't have to put up content. Like, you're not sending content every day. You're just, yeah. I'm going to write and we're going to get back. This is not, you know, I, once I get home, we got a couple of weeks to put it all together. Yeah. With the, 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 they're going to have the film developed from all the photo, photog, right. you know, photos, yeah. well, and then what, they put it together. What I was saying, it was like the expectations were different, right? To where, For sure. To where he got to enjoy 
his time there and yeah. surf and fucking party and oh yeah do what you're doing right living the mm-hmm. moment living and it. then writing about it yeah but you like you said it wasn't like so fast like you know did you have to call and check in and get some guidance or just no, like it, you know it, like here, here just cover the contest the see editor, if you can get dude. in front of these people yeah. no i know well, but back, you know what back I mean? in like, those days yeah so the at the press the press area of the every asp contest wsl the press area would have a fax machine, so that was your freaking <laughs> only. Yeah. That was your only connection to anybody. So I'd send fax and just yeah. say, "Oh, uh, Slater just won his heat or something random," you know, or you just scribble "fuck you" or draw a big penis on dick on it and fax it to surfing. Yeah, killing it over here. Yeah. <laughs> Wish you were here. Yeah. Not. No, but I, I have. Mean... I have. It's funny because I kept everything, man. I, I have this one fax that freaking. Uh, uh, what's his? So you who's a Quicksilver coach? His brother's aunt, Jake. Jake Patterson. Yeah. So aunt who's Patterson. Who's on the podcast? Jake remember, uh, but remember when uh, Jake? I don't know oh. if you remember when Jake won uh, this, the World Cup at Sunset. Yeah. When Jake did. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember he sent a fax to his dad. Uh, aunt sent a fax to his dad back home, and it said, uh, "Jake just fucking won Sunset." One page. Fax it. And left, and I freaking grabbed the fax, and I still have it. You kept it? Fax. Yeah, fuck yeah. Because it just fit, it just wow. filters through and scans it, and you still have a copy. That's, so, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, now that you're mentioning all these places and, and all these events, God, dude, like, you awesome. must have been in so many um, situations where things were happening that are pivotal and monumental. So many, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, like... I remember uh, the first time I met Tom Kern, who obviously his photos were all over my wall as a kid. Zelda's like, hey, we're going down to Sonny Miller's house tonight. Uh, Kern's band's playing at UC San Diego. And I'm like, okay, cool. And Where were you at this point in life? At oh, surfing? This or? is at surfing, yeah. Okay. And he's like, oh, yeah, Zelda was li- had a, living in San Diego at the time. And I went down there and went to Sonny, Gar- uh, Sonny Miller's place, and he was editing the first search. So like when we went in, oh he had gosh. his freaking TV up and all the editing bay, and Kern was there, and it was just Kern and Sonny Miller editing the search, the very first one. This is '93, dude. And probably one of the best. And so the best highlight of my life is because freaking Kern freaking lights up a freaking dube, and I'm smoking a joint with Tom Kern, and I couldn't, I still can't believe it to this day. Yeah. First dude. time meeting him. Are you fucking kidding? You're me? in the editing room. The with first those guys. search. What's that? The first search? Well, he's editing the first search, yeah. yeah. And this is the one where he rides the fucking fish, right? Well, that and he destroys Jay Bay Jay on, Bay. on uh, 6 8 Mars Cole or 6 9 or whatever. And yeah, he goes all over yeah. with Frankie and Obelheiser. But I mean, it's funny because there was a lot of. Chris Davidson. There was just a lot of joint stories back then. Like, like yeah. back in then, like you could go, we're in. There still uh, are today, but yeah. yeah. Like the Hossiger event, the Ripco Pro, like, like Poto dragging me under the scaffolding where everyone's sitting to smoke a joint. I'm like, dude. Batia David? Batia. He's like, come on, bro. We go under the scaffold. I'm like, dude, this is. You just couldn't do that now. Yeah. Maybe you could, but it's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's legal now. But yeah. The, well, now you can just vape it, right? Yeah. Or dab or. Cookies. IV or cookies or oil or yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny shame with join shame with Kern shame with Pot I mean it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, you weren't going to disrespect them. And of course, you're going to be like, uh, hell yeah. 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 You know, you, you want to fit in. You want to make them feel comfortable, especially if you're doing an interview or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, there, of course, there was no pressure, you know, but, you know, you got. Yeah, to- it's funny for the current. There was no interview. Oh, he got mad at me because. Oh, current did because he met me. He's oh, you're at surfing, huh? You guys just ran that cover with my eyes freaking all bloodshot. He got so pissed at me. It was a, it was the last cover that Tom Curran got on surfing. It was, I want to say, the January 1994 issue. And he's in Indo with Hornbaker in the cover, and it's like a close-up barrel shot of him, and his eyes are just blitzed. And we never thought about that at the magazine, but when he saw me, he's like, dude, really? You guys put that fucking cover up with my eyes like that? No way. Yeah. And I never knew that. I always thought that he would never have done weed. Yeah. <laughs> but now yeah. I knew that in that photo, he's high. Yeah. That was his last cover? Yeah. In surfing? Yeah. Wow. So you're surfing in yeah. a salty, tropical fucking place. Like, yeah. You got sunscreen. I got, my eyes are red right now from no, surfing not as, hey, this morning. Not as uh-huh. red as his were. Hey. I got bullfrog in my eyes in the 90s, dude. They were red for about a month. Hey, Tommy, you had bullfrog in your eyes. <laughs> that's that's insane. Hey, Tommy, you, you, you inhaled, but... Or wait, what did, what did Obama say? I smoked it, but I didn't inhale it. Oh, my no, God, that was Clinton. 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 Oh, that Clinton. Hmm. Well, that's what I did all these times with Shane or no. Curran or whoever. I, I don't inhale. So when you're at surf, surfing, like you're covering, you know, your job was to cover the contests, you know, the ASP at the time, which is now WSL. As a group, did you guys talk about like, hey, we're going to do obviously this trip and that trip and this photographer and these surfers? Like, did you got you know, like what kind of input did you have when you guys were trying to great content down the line. I think that was really Nick and Larry Flame. Okay. Flame was Flame just instinctively knew yeah everything about with his relationship with Sean Collins and tracking swells and yeah. and uh, where to send photographers and I mean he was he was amazing. He did all that. I I kind of just was the uh, spit shine, you know. Yeah. I I would just put it wasn't until later in 96, that's after I'd been there like three years, that's when I got a little more uh, vocal in ideas, such yeah. as Air Show. Yeah. So. And let's talk about the Air Show. You know, Surfing Magazine, Air Show. S-M-A-S Tour for Aerial Surfing. Yeah. Because yeah. at that time, progressive surfing was obviously exploding through all the, the surf videos and movies that were coming Santa out. Santa Cruz but it, guys, yeah. But it wasn't really appreciated on tour yet, Mm-mm. really, because it was like, oh, you're just doing one move. Mm-hmm. We don't even know how to judge that. And oh, you just else, did an We air, need to do yeah. three turns to the beach, you know? It was kind of like that that dynamic yeah. of, of yeah. change. Yeah. What year did you guys come out with that? That was, well, Barney and I, Barney and I came up with the idea. I developed it. I came up with the name for Air Show, and I developed the through the magazine and, and worked with 
you know, the guys in Santa Cruz or whatever. So Barney and I went, we were on North Shore in 95. We went to lunch at Stordo's Deli in Haleiwa. Wow. And we were just driving down there, the two of us. And I think we just said, fuck, that'd be cool to do it, man. There should be a freaking contest for, like, airs, you know? like So cool. And that's, we talked about it that lunch. And then when I got back home in early 96, I freaking put a proposal together and I took it to McNona. I said, hey, we want to do a, this contest up in Santa Cruz during the Billabong Pro and, or the Billabong at Steamer Lane, whatever it was called. And we said, we had 500 bucks for a first prize. It's going to be an aerial only contest. And, and they balked it at first. They were like, what? You want? All right. And Bob McNona, he signed it off. He said, okay. And I remember. 500 bucks. Yeah. And I remember like, I left. But I mean. I can't remember when I left. I left. It was a Tuesday or Wednesday when I went up to Santa Cruz, but I remember them giving me a check, and I have it. I had to go like get the cash at the bank and take it up to Santa Cruz with me. And uh, but was, the, it, was I, it like a one-hour window on the final day, or when did you? Guys oh, so that one was all Saturday? mobile. Wasn't even in. It wasn't associated at the. the we video. waited. So I was up there to cover the contest, and then on that Monday, after the contest ended on the Sunday. That Monday was when we had the air show, and it was. Not involved, not so part it wasn't of the contest. part of the contest. Mm-hmm. No, no it's like all the surfers are going to be there. This is yeah. where the guys are. If you guys want to do it, come. And how did you choose the crew? Uh, we everybody like Barney helped me. We we just once like Tony Roberts. We just started thinking. I mean, yeah. back then you could count every aerial guy on one two hands. Yeah. So we just we just and we put uh, we put people on the contest that didn't even show up for it. Just to make it look like all the we put, I put, I made this first flyer for the air show and it put Kelly Slater's name on there, knowing he was never going to be there. But all the stars, and so it was just all your rap boys, so, your fleas, your Barneys. It's the marketing side of this guy. I yeah. love, like you know, like hyping <laughs> it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put all my names down every category of. I was wiping toilets and sweeping hey, floors, yeah. and and I was a the, if they the, show the up CFO and their names and on the marquee, then fucking they're gonna be pissed. So you might as yeah. well put their name up there, right? Yeah. No, it was such. It was so cool to see all these guys. It was the first time that all aerial guys from from everywhere were in one little place. Who, at one who time. showed up that day? Was I mean, we had uh, Tim Curran, Joe Cremo, Flea, Barney, Ratboy, Marco Foreman, uh, Chris Strothers. Uh, gosh, there, well, there was maybe eight or ten guys. Yeah. Yeah, for that and, first And one. then you just do like a hour window? Or? Yeah, so it was, uh, the heats were an hour long and unlimited waves and you just, you, you, the best, I think we took like the best two airs that you could do in that time. So back then, hour heats, nobody had ever heard of hour heat. Yeah. Know? It was almost too long because the guys would come in and freaking get a drink. I mean, when you're in a heat, like when you go surfing, an hour is not long. But when you're in a heat for an hour, that's a that's yeah. a long heat. Because your adrenaline's pumping yeah. and you're like hyper focused yeah. for sure. How cool! So who won? Barney, ironically, Barney Sick. won the first one, and that was awesome. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, he. And it was held in the pouring rain, and I remember the judges were. What spot? Anthony. At Steamer Lane. It was, was Santa it? Maria's. Santa Maria. Yeah, yeah Santa yeah. Maria's up in Santa Cruz. Nice. And uh, it was pouring rain, so they ju- we judged from the cars parked. Looking out at the ocean, it was Mark Taylor, Anthony Rufo. Did me. you guys video too, or someone probably did? Yeah. Tr Tr oh yeah, Tr, TR did yeah, yeah. yeah. And on the actually on the flyer, he said no video poachers. Tr added that. Yeah, yeah. 
because he knew that it was he was like he it was, was something special that. yeah I mean that's an, a monumental event that you you know help curate yeah yeah because well, it's just... like I mean let's face it aerial surfing is probably what makes pro surfing exciting these days yeah right I mean one of, one of it yeah one of the don't get me wrong but you know you, there's not a lot of people that do turns like John John does yeah and like and like uh, yeah what you yeah. call first first right um, what's his face Connor Coffin well I mean all the guys all guys do all the guys on turns. all the guys on tour can easily throw down like incredible rail surfing but some are known for more errors than others for sure and especially if they hit the contests are held in you know mediocre beach breaks where that's going to outscore turns because it's it just the waves don't offer it yeah but yeah so the air show right now kind of became a thing a tour in itself yeah it's funny because the first year or so it, a tour well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, after a couple years like of doing just kind of rogue ones, uh, the marketing department at Surfing was Michael Marks, who, was, who led the marketing department. So they, by this time, it was, it was becoming pretty cool, like sick. Everyone was hyped on it. The photos were phenomenal. Like, like it was tough to get air shots in the magazine in general. But you'd have one air show day with all the photographers. You'd have freaking a year's supply of the sickest air photos. Yeah. So, so the pho- photos were insane. So that the marketing department at Surfing, I think they approached Vans and to take it to the next step and to increase prize money and, and, and come up with a tour and develop. Let's, so we came up with eight spots. We did it Maui. We, we did East Coast here. But you had how, a, how long after that first one? That was probably by 90... Uh, by 98, I would say. 97, we didn't, I don't think. I think if we had a sponsor, it was maybe like one, like we'd find someone just put their logo on it or something like that. But by so the you, time. You had a couple before it became the Vans thing? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they were just surfing magazine air shows. But what's yeah. cool is a lot of the guys in these air shows were also getting content, you know, on trips because they're exceptional surfers, but mm-hmm. they weren't structure to be a tour guy you know or maybe they just you know didn't excel at it not that they weren't you know good yeah. competitors because there's a lot of guys josh lawyer i mean he, he did really well on the you know the tour and nate acker nate yeah yeah Zach josh molko you know all those sam just going through santa yeah. cruz guys you know but um well but, no no surfer would ever say at that level i i think i mean maybe they say they don't like contests but Everyone likes, everyone's got a competitive side to them. Yeah, for sure. And to be able to, for those Santa Cruz guys to compete with their friends for an air title. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking amazing. It's just cool to go that that they put time and money and effort to showcase a whole nother group of surfers that traditionally wouldn't get coverage on the tour. You know, like yeah, it, it, and, and the classic thing is, is the the judges that we had early on or peers were well. Not only that, they were like power surf, like Rufo yeah. and Mark Taylor. These guys could never do an air. Yeah, they were power servers, <laughs> but they were the judges for the air show. Yeah. so it was, I'd make a really good but, judge then. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool because the first 
couple years, one of the judges was Kevin Reed, who was the original aerialist Ooh. from Santa Cruz. So, yeah. and and he was so blown away about what the guys were doing at that at that point. Barney was a freaking so. Maniac. Was it almost like a Santa Cruz thing in the beginning? Um, well, the first event was in Santa Cruz, yeah. but a lot of guys, like a lot of other young aerialists who were already up there for the Billabong at the lane, they stayed. Like so, when at the during the contest, those four or five days. Hey, Timmy Kern, you know, well, we had already put them on the flyer, but we'd say, hey, if we're doing this air show on Monday, if we can come check it out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's so cool because, I, again, like, at that time in that mid nine, you know, late 90s, it was like aerial surfing was like yeah. in every video. Like, yeah. it was part of everybody's, like, repertoire, you know? Like, you had to be doing those to stay relevant and kill it, but some were they excelled and mm-hmm. that's what they focused on and yeah, that gave yeah. them a highlight you know like because yeah. we're talking late 90s, early 2000s yeah, for sure alongside the economy being strong and surfing being strong and you know momentum generation right and here's another like avenue and an and event that makes surfing even that much more exciting yeah right? oh so, man yeah for yeah. sure so you guys you surfing magazine ran it for you know four or five yeah i want to say years? probably several years Six. until the early through the maybe 2002 or 2003 and then i don't i have no idea what happened because i'd left by that time yeah you pitched it to vans though right and it became the vans air show yeah okay. surfing yeah vans was the umbrella sponsor of yeah. the tour yeah so then what then you, but the prize money got up there. I mean, it was normal prize money. That's where Josh Kerr won his first ever contest, I think, was in an air really? show. Yeah. And he kind of cleaned the house for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Conse- you know, consistent and like consecutive like yeah. wins. Yeah. And didn't they kind of just bring it back last year or the year before? They're trying. I think right before pandemic, they yeah. were going to talk about In bringing... Australia, right? Yeah. Like they did an air show in Australia. Was it called... What, what are they calling it? They're, it's funny because now like there's different names like the Red Bull Air Masters or who knows what they're called or Stabs Stab High. Yeah. There's all these different names, but the one the Kleenex of the air shows is the air show. I mean that's like that's yeah. the one. It's like I always hear freaking Joe Terpel saying, "Oh, there's an air show out there." Like it still gets quoted as if there's guys doing a bunch of airs, it's an air show out yeah. there, and, and that's yeah. what I'm most proud of that yeah. that the name is kind of stuck through all these years. And it is. It is a show, you know, an exhibition back in the day, whether they they would do it at the U.S. Open with jet skis and tow guys in. Remember those days? Like they would just do like a superheat or like a... Yeah, so Herbie Fletcher came up with the expression session. Yeah. That was the expression session. And that's... And it's funny because technically Herbie could be credited for inventing that whole genre of side events. Yeah. But the expression session was anything. And so yeah. mine, mine is more aerial specific, and I and know. that and that's the, the the progression of like specific, you yeah. know, yeah. going to like well, you technical airs. You, that's where surfing was. It was in the air at that particular time. You know, your Barney's, your. Well, I want to say only a dozen guys in the whole world were really excelling at them at the time. Right, dude. Barney was doing like barrel roll airs at like reunion island on the inside like where it's like two feet deep and fire coral like you hit the reef and you're bombed 
Yeah. Like you're not just getting scratched, you're getting like infected, you know. And he was going up and doing these like rodeos. And we're like, holy, you know, like this yeah. guy was so, he was such a hard charger. And I remember Tim Curran, I think, and I don't know, fact check, he was the first one to do the alley-oop. Like front side, you know, not an air reverse. Didn't we have somebody say, talk about that, the first alley-oop? Yeah. And I remember, you know, here's Tim Curran, you know, kind of a no. Was it the Ventura, the, the Bud Tour? I don't even know, I don't even know where he did it, but I just remember, like, we were traveling and Chain Doring was like, I gotta, I gotta nail that move. I gotta nail that That's move. That's it. Yeah. And we were filming with, you know, Taylor and Portugal. And then we were at, at this. At least Taylor was talking about And we were at this, like, sick wedgie beach break, you know, where it was just a perfect, you know, the wave offered, you know, that type of move. Shane and, wanted to land and, the first alley oop before. Well, or I think. Yeah, I think Tim, Timmy already nailed it, but like he wanted to like improve on it, and nail it bigger and better. Anyways, it was just like you see something. I remember when I saw Kelly Slater do the first reverse, like off a section reverse, mm. and I was like, "Holy! Like what? Like he's wait, he's you know, yeah. like he, he you watch it three sixty. And I I remember doing." One on south side of the pier in front of Jeff Deffenbaugh, like you know, just an afternoon, whatever day, we're just slop. And I, you know, I remember spinning out of one, and I was just like, <laughs> I did it, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it, you know, the, the, there's those moves that you know, you see somebody do, and you're like, that's the move to do, yeah, you know. And now that's I feel bad for all these kids watching what's going on. Oh man, nowadays, I'm like, <laughs> good luck, <laughs> dude. If that's just normal surfing now. Um, but the, yeah, but you know what I mean? That's, that's what pushes the evolution of like, you yeah. know, progression and surfing and stuff is you what, see somebody do it. It's doable. Yeah. yeah. But the, the crazy thing is, is I'll see the, the, on the WSL, a guy will just do a big front, big straight air. Yeah. And the, the, the announcers will go crazy. Oh, you got an eight. And I'm going, man, those freaking rap boy did that 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, is it progression? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but it's, it's kind of those things where they don't happen often. Yeah. Right. So when it does happen, you're like, whoa. As long as they're scoring them appropriately, you know, like, yeah. Was it over the barrel? Did he cover distance, distance. across across the lip? Did he yeah. get high? Was there a grab? Was there no? You know, like, you know, it's it's all subjective, but at the same time, there's got to be a little bit of a a scale that is kind of like, you know. I looked, you know, again, I'm, I'm watching just the, the most recent contest, the Nerevin, and whatever he, you know. Are you talking Italo? No, I w it was like an earlier round, and it was like Leonardo did like an air, you know, and he didn't get that high above the lip. He kind of landed, you know, it was, yeah, it was good. He got like a five, you know. The next wave was oh, air Jack. Shot. He would have won the air well, back in the day. It was like Jack Freestone, you know, and or maybe it was the other little rookie kid that local. Anyways, it was like three waves in a row, and when you're in a heat and you're sitting out there and a guy gets a wave, of course you're looking in. And you're like, all right, he just fucking did the air. The beach lit up. Yeah. And it was three waves in a row, and each one, you know, this 
long story short, the scores were appropriate based on the height, the angle, the tail high, the landing, and all everything in between. It was a you know five something and a seven something and an eight. You know, like it was there, and maybe because they were all like lined up together in the same heat, and they don't judge you know five heats earlier versus that air. It was cool to see them kind of at least judge based on the technicality, you know, the landing, how high, you know, and that's what you got to look at, you know, yeah. it can't, a straight air sometimes is just as difficult as a spinning air, but it depends on, you well, know. Well, you were the authority on that one. No, I, I think I'm not an authority. I, I just look at some that they're doing stuff today where I'm like, I don't, like every, almost, I would give it a 10 on most often than not, yeah. you know, hey, like I'm not a good judge. But you freaking made the cover of surfing before. How that? Yeah. How was that to get the cover? I did. Yeah. I, like I remember the, the show's not about. Like, I remember the oh, day yeah. very vividly. The show's about Skip Sneak. Come yeah. On. Let's yeah. go back to Skip. Okay. What what you got? Chris so what, Chris Van Linna, the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend. Great cover, man. Dude, he 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 hustled. So so how long were you at Surfing Magazine? My last issue was January two thousand with Taj Burrow on the cover of the Surfboard issue. Okay. Yeah. So, so like I, seven, I, eight years, nine yeah, years. Yeah, seven years. Seven years. And then I, I left. Uh, Pete Rocky had given me a call. He said, "Hey, man, we're, uh, he was at Wave Action at the time. He said, man, Gotcha just bought us. We're freaking blowing up. Gotcha.com. It's going to be huge. They're going to take over the world. We're doing the Gotcha TD Pro. The it's going to be Blue Torch, whatever. Blue Torch US Open. All this stuff. .com. Boom. Come over, man. This is going to be insane. You get stock in the company." I was like, fuck, man, this, and I get good? that much paid? Okay, so I freaking put my notice in at surfing, and worst thing I ever did. But, you know, in all in all, it led me to where I'm at now, so was, I have no regrets. But anyway, I took that job at Wave Action, and uh, the bust, the dot-com busted 10 months later. We went through 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 million. I don't know how much money we spent at Whoa. during the dot-com boost, but... The, the guys that invested in Blue Torch was Henry Samuelis. Uh, he owns the Anaheim Ducks now. He was a broadband. Broadcom was the company. He's a billionaire. He funded us, but it wasn't making any money, so he freaking, everybody got pink slips. Freaking 10 months into it. So it was wave action. Blue Torch wave, wave action Blue for a Torch little bit. Yeah, action. it was like okay. a weird little, not even a year. It was the weirdest little time of the internet boom, and then it just died, and... By that time, I was like, "There's no way I could get hired back at surfing." And then, what was your move from there? Like, what were that's, your like? That's when my friend freaking opened up the taco shop in Newport, Chronic Tacos, and did that. And there was a, a warehouse for T-shirts, Chronic screen printing, and he's like, "Man, you know everybody. Why don't you freaking come work with me?" And and what's the uh, guy's name? Randy Weiner. Okay. He's and he, so and he started Chronic Tacos, but he yeah. was a silk screen. Yeah, silk screen printer, yeah. but then a spot came up down at the Bowport Center for, and they're like, let's do a taco shop there, Chronic Tacos, because he was all into weed. And uh, and then that kind of started, and I started doing the marketing for that and doing all the the trucker hats for all the surf, all the companies. We just had a good business there. and then, yeah. But the taco shop took off. We started yeah. franchising. And so I was, I just started doing more taco stuff. And... Uh, I was there till through 2009, so I was there like several years, and we opened like when I was there like 20 stores. Yeah, how was that? For, like, fran like so he had a successful 
store in Newport, and then he opened up a couple more on his own. Yeah, so you have to wait, I think, two or three years before you can, you have to be a successful business for two or three years before you can franchise. And then once you franchise, then you can sell your likeness to other people to, and then they pay you a franchise fee. And the first location was Huntington Beach. On 11th Street. Yeah. 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 Um, that was the first, first, the second store. My kids, my yeah. JJ loves the burritos from there, like the, really? the breakfast burritos. Now they got like 60 locations. Yeah. They're yeah. doing really good. Yeah. Awesome. But that was like, that was weird. That was all of a sudden I'm out of the surf industry, man. After that blue torch thing blew up, I remember I was pretty sad. Yeah. But my friend started Chronic Tacos and I, I had a job for several years and helped me pay my bills and uh, that was a, a, a lifesaver. But I tell you, several years later, 2010 comes around. I'm like, fuck, man. I'm doing. I, I got to get back into surf. I started Ghetto Juice up. You start Ghetto Juice back up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because that's your passion. That's your yeah. baby. You yeah. know. And there was a good time because what was really happening with magazines at the time. Yeah. There was. Really, there was no zine. There was no surf zine. Yeah. Because Bliss was surf, skate, snow. So that was like. They had that covered. Yeah. There was no local yeah. surf scene. Like. They kind of. Took the place of Beach Happy. It, that was Beach Happy. It, so yeah. Nick Calzones bought Beach Happy or took took over from Alabama and just changed it. Yeah, name. it went from Beach Happy to Happy. Yeah. To, to Bliss. Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. Same 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 look, same vibe, same same pretty yeah. much yeah. vibe. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So that was a that was a crazy step. It was really cool to get back into making magazines again after almost ten years. So, so you started making Ghetto Juice again. I came up with the idea I was uh, to, to do a real magazine this time. So I laid out the pages and what I would need to make with advertisers if this advertiser paid that much and this advertiser and I got my you print You knew the, the format, yeah. the formula. Yeah, and I, based, I modeled it just straight after surfing, how we used to do it at surfing. Yeah. That's kind of what I tapped into. How do we lay out the magazine at surfing and how you lay out advertisers? And so I laid that out and I started laying it out, like designing it, art directing it. It looked like shit. It looked so oh. bad. And then I ran into Joe McElroy. Joe Mac. Joe yeah. Mac. And he said, hey, I heard you're like doing something with Ghetto Juice. And he's like, well, man, I'd love to do something creative again. I'm like, dude, thank you. Yeah. He's the best freaking art director I've ever known, you know? Love Joe and, Mac. Uh, that whole family, huh? Yeah. yeah. And so he, he's like, he, we partnered up. Yeah. And then that's, and then we did like 42 issues, 43 issues. So cool. Yeah. And that was a great, that was a great run because Ghetto Juice was just fun. Yeah. And so many surfers from around here got their first cover shot on Ghetto Juice, their first photo in a mag in Ghetto Juice. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So well, you got, you got to think, you know, the companies that are advertising still need a lot of local content you know like to drive the business to the local shop you know like we're in ground zero of surf yeah you know southern california you know if you make it here you know then you could branch out but like to be able to you know have that magazine as the local like you know flavor flavor mm -hmm. and again going back to like your roots of covering not just locals but like content stars. yeah content you got the relationship with all the bigs like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure it was you know 
fun to be creative without like the corporate yeah. collar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel I yeah, yeah. like that the So, you know, when you take on or or start your own thing, right? Tell us about like what it takes to make that happen. So that was interesting. I mean, just like any small business, right? You get your business license, you start, you get a bank account, you, you, you got it. But first, got I funding. Think, I go back. You got to get the advertisers first. So yeah. the first thing before I even did anything, I met with, went to Volcom and had a meeting with Troy. Me and Troy was my roommate for a long time in the nineties and one of my good friends. So I went to him and said, look, dude, I want to do ghetto juice. You guys got to advertise. If you, if you guys won't advertise in this, I won't even do it. Yeah. If you guys won't back it, I, will, I won't even do it. But that's a kind of the snowball effect too. Yeah. You go with the you know the, yeah. the, the pinnacle and then you know oh, we got them locked yeah. and then that's it just it's, he it's, said, it's, yeah. you, you lie. You tell people Volcom's doing it and then you should do it and you should do it. No, yeah. Troy did it. Come on. Well, yeah, Volcom. He's the first advertiser. He said, "Give us uh, inside front cover," and dude, you got inside front cover for life. I never lasted for life, but you got it for the next few years. Uh, yeah, and he was in, and from that point, it was freaking super easy. Hey, Volcom's in. Are you in? Hey, quick, Volcom's in. Are you in? Yeah. Like so, it just, and so we got. We know how much we have to make per each ad to pay for our printing cost and to pay for our, pay us pay ourselves. Yeah. And uh, that's how it started. And we, Joe and I, worked on that issue, and we released it at the 2010 U.S. Open, the that's pink one with Droid on awesome. the cover. And you, Joe, and who who else was like a fil- it was like, just us two, just two, that's it. yeah, two man party. Yeah. Later on, a couple years later, we brought in a ad salesman, a great guy named Nick. Cool. Nick Van de Kamp of Van de Kamp Fish Sticks fame. Wow. Yeah. Really? True story. He's from Van de Kamp. Yeah, Nick Van de Kamp. Wow. Does he surf? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like your accent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Can you, can you talk like that, that the Dutch? rest of the uh, podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so Ghetto Juice got it up and running. Yeah, and and we and that was great. We did uh, we did an issue every six weeks. It was gnarly. I mean, Joe and I, we've known each other a long time, but we're different, you know. So when you have a business with your friend, you butt heads. There's a lot of arguments, a lot of, and we're all trying to get to the same place, you know. Yeah. But it, you know, running a business with a partner is is tough. Yeah. We we. You know that, Laura? Just just always. Agree with you. <laughs> But, uh, yes, London. <laughs> but yes, was, sir. I, I gotta say, since, and I hope they hear this, but I gotta thank Tom Kozad, Joe Foster, and John Salano. Those three photographers made wow. Ghetto Juice yeah. in, the, in the early days. I was just gonna say, because, you know, you, you got it, you guys cover the content, you know the expenses of, you know, your jobs, but you need photos. Like, yeah. That's... And those guys were all so psyched. I mean, yeah. And and that was cool because, I mean, sometimes we could pay him, sometimes we'd pay him fifty bucks, twenty, like, not much. Sometimes we'd we'd try to pay him, but for the most part, Joe and I really didn't make any money. Yeah, we it was labor very, of love. It was a labor of love. It was really tough. But every time we finished a magazine, man, people were so stoked, and that's Dude, what it's all I about. I love ghetto juice. I yeah. Know. And honestly, I want to see it back again. I know, me right? too. It's, it's just for different times, man. It's, it's different so, times. So, so what happened? I mean, it's crazy. Here we are. Watch this guy. This is the mailman coming up. Yeah, that never went out of style. No, no. Like you'd think that they would have replaced the mailman. 
The mailman, but yeah. 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 But Drones. Coming. Yeah. It's crazy what... Yeah, what what stays relevant and hand, hand the bills over to Skip. He's coming over here. You know. Yeah, I told you I made all that money yeah. with Ghetto Juice, so I'll pay the bills for you. Remember how fun the mail used to be when it used to come? And when you're an adult, you're like, mm. you know, I you, never you go. Thought mail was fun. Oh, <laughs> really? You yeah, when you're mail kid, was fun. You got something as a kid. Gosh, Larson. All those you're checks, easily, all the sponsor checks. Bro. All the sponsor checks. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You're talking about that. Yeah. So, so, how long did Ghetto Juice? Ghetto run? Juice, 2010, and then the last issue was uh, June or July of 2016. Damn. Yeah. So a long run. Yeah. I saw an opportunity with with Crown Ace Hardware. I've known the family and Mark Shuline for years. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It was five years ago now. So awesome! Yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, intrigued with your moves with your move to to hardware. Yeah. So this guy is surfer. Or? Yeah, he's a surfer, a paddler. He does the you know he's a long distance ocean paddler. He's just a guy I've known since our early years when I lived in Newport. One of the boys with us. His family owned uh, Crown Ace Hardware in Corona del Mar. Three locations or several locations around here. He took over the the business from his father several years ago, ten years so ago. So that's why Punker Pat rides for. Yeah, but that was me putting my sur- influencing my surf culture into. That's Crown. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I work out of our corporate office in Huntington Beach at the uh, Adams and Magnolia store, and we have 20 stores in three states. And where I saw you. Yeah, that's, that's where I saw you. Where we said, hey, let's get you on the fucking podcast. That's right. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been there years, and I just carry on Ghetto Juice with Instagram, just as a kind of a, a legacy sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And Because uh, like I said, I have so much content. I, I filled Ghetto Juice with content, cool content for 10 years. I have, I, I scratched maybe 1% of what I have. So yeah. it's like the crazy thing is, is that I have stuff that I will never be able to share before I die. Ghetto Juice Archives. Ghetto Juice 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Everybody I see, they're like, dude, bring Ghetto Juice back. And it's like, man, it's. I wish it was that easy, but I've, I, I've, I ain't no pulling me away from You're not I'm a young buck. You got, yeah, got a lot of other responsibilities. And I met my, my girlfriend of four years at work. So when I started at Crown Ace, girl that worked there, I met her. So it's like Shuline saved me in so many ways, man. He, yeah. he gave me a career, my dignity. <laughs> <laughs> and I met the love of my life there. Nice. Yeah. So what, are, what are, like, during these, like, heydays at the magazines, and you obviously traveled all over, like, where was your, like, the destination that met your expectations, or you just scored... I, th- I think in those days, I got to go to Tahiti three times okay. with the magazine. So Tahiti. And we stayed at Ramana's. Yeah. So being able to... End of to, the road? Yeah, to, be, to stay with Ramana and Papara was very special because back then Ramana was... The, you know, Poto was a little older. So Ramana, Ramana yeah. was coming up as the freaking king of Tahiti. For sure. And so to stay with him and to experience those first contests at Chopes before when it was the Black Pearl Tahiti Pro and then it was the Gotcha Pro for a couple of years and yeah. uh, seeing those events in person the first time and being out at Chopu and surfing it at 
four to six feet where it's perfect and perfect and and the stories i mean for yeah like in tahiti i remember brock little throwing me on his jet ski and saying hey we're gonna go to these outer reefs i get on the back of his ski it's like a freaking hour before dark i'm on the back of a ski we go to this freaking crazy reef where Ken Bradshaw paddled out, I don't know, it, it's funny, I mean, Ken Bradshaw, when was the last time you heard that name? Yeah. yeah. He's just out there in Tahiti by himself. He was dating Lane Beachley at the time, I think. But anyway, Brock takes me out there, and the waves are like eight feet on this reef, and he did it to scare me, but he freaking stalled the ski in the, in, in the inside. He said, fuck, Skip, it's fucking not breaking. <laughs> I swear, a freaking 20-foot wall of whitewater is coming at us. So it's not starting. It's not starting. Fuck, man. We're fucked. He's when Brock Little tells you that you're fucked and you're in the ocean, you're probably fucked. He's, yeah. Is he fucking with you? He's fucked. I didn't here. know until after, but I swear Ooh, the freaking, the right, the white water touches us just as he starts it and freaking gets out of there. And it's breaking on my back because I'm on the back of the ski. I'm getting hit by the biggest white water. And he's just laughing his ass off. He wow. scared the shit out of me. So psyched. It's psyched. You hate that, right? You, you're like, fucking idiot. What an asshole, right? But, but what an experience. But yeah, that's right? what it, that's what you do. Brock like, Little was just, a clown, and, man. He was so funny. Yeah, him and Chester Rest were freaking peace. like, yeah. Those two guys, dude, they were just... They were like the hellmen of our, yeah. you know, culture and generation. Talking about frothers. Yeah. And, and not frothers like us. We'd be like, oh, it looks fun out there. Like... The bigger it gets, yeah. the more froth they yeah. get, like more sight. I don't, I, no, no comprende. No yeah, comprende. no comprende. <laughs> no fucking comprende. That means no fucking way, guys. <laughs> but, I, but I think like going back, like for me being such a, a, a fan of surfing yeah. and a fan of pro surfers. But how picturesque Tahiti uh, is yeah, and the surrounding. You don't think you would be caught in a, you know, 100 foot white water like scenario or whatever it was. You just, you're, you're there to... Oh, it's safe. There's channels. You're gonna sit, and yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because um, what what we've been talking about and how we've been like, you're a professional surfer in a weird, different way, right? You've experienced all those places that those guys experienced. Yeah. But in a different way. Yeah. You know, almost honestly, sometimes in in a in the best best way. Yeah. Best experience. Well, it's yeah. funny because those trips, like when I went to uh, like Cabo with Shane Beshin, Dino Andino, Donovan Frankenrider, and Brad Gerlach. Imagine those wow. four guys. That's a good lineup. That's a freaking, that was a Cabo All trip star. with Aaron Chang. And and me and Dino Andino put that together on the beach at the uh, Newport. Or at the, there was a contest at 56th Street. Dino's in the stands. He's like, let's do a trip. I'm like, fuck, let's do it. And that was the four guys, Shane, Dino, Gerlach, Donovan. And that trip, those guys, they're there to get photos, Yeah, you know? And I was there to hang with my heroes. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I always thought, wow, I, I do got it kind of easy. I get to enjoy this, but I don't have to worry about getting photos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I would always get photos, too. Like, I have, I have Chang shots, I have flame shots, but I never really shared them because they're nothing like what they're used to, but... To, to have a slide mount with me in it with flames thing on it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So so you, you, you know, got your tape recorder out in the lineup. You're like, yeah, your role, right? Like all these trips that you've gotten to go on, your your role is to write about it, right? Mm -hmm. What 
what trip or what like contest like you know you covered a lot of the contests like what was the most you were there you're like you you were like whoa i can't wait to write about this i mean that's a lot of oh definitely the 97 in portugal when slater won his fifth world title because that was when he beat mark richard he surpassed mark richards he was Mm -hmm. tied with richards for four yeah yeah so slater in 97 I was on the beach. Which was also his fourth consecutive because he won and then he skipped a year. Yeah, he fourth. skipped 93 and then he won 94, 95, 96, 97. So he not only beat him, but he won the four consecutive like him and had one more. Yeah. So that was, I think Aki might have been in the heat, but we were in Portugal at the Figueira de Foz Pro and back then there's nobody on the beach. It's Slater, I think Taylor Knox was next. I have a picture. So Taylor Knox is next to him. They're sitting in beach chairs on the beach watching this heat. That determines if Slater wins the world title or not. If Aki wins the heat, he doesn't. If he loses the heat, Slater wins the world title. I remember that horn went off, and freaking I was there right when, when Taylor Knox was going like this. I got the photo of like before their hands even touch, and Slater going like this. And then, so but being there for his fifth world title was sick. That's yeah. epic. That's that was, funny that we're talking about a fifth world title because... Fifth. And that was in the er, mid 90s. To, to, to talk about 90, it. 90, yeah, 94, 97. 90, 97. To talk about it is like, wow, you know, it, it was a monumental championship. Yeah. Right? The fifth to beat fucking, what's a, uh, Mark Richards. And the fifth. That's before he even got his Taylor shake, uh, he, about to shake his hand after skip, the bell went off. And that's me Bradley recording. Bradley so, Skipsteed is showing. You have bleached oh hair. Oh my god! I had bleached oh hair. Oh my god! But that's Taylor. Nineties. So that's Taylor extending yeah, his hand. That's so nineties, bro. There's so many photos you have. That was on the beach there. Yeah, the number five. Tips. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Skip, like you've lived a charmed freaking life. I know. I'm from. Gr- I'm, gr- just a, I'm just. I'm just upland. I'm just an inlander, though. A grom from upland, dude. I know. I'm just a grom from. I love it. Yeah, that's pretty redonkulous. Just great, like like the timing of being just around for that for that generation before the internet was freaking special. I don't you know if I can get, handle hey, it. Hey, can we do this? Can we get rid of the internet? And <laughs> don't laugh. Go fax machines and no, old school magazines. Just Print. magazines only. Get that. Print magazines. Find so, a subscription. Get it in your mailbox. Okay, so. If they say print is dead, then why do we still keep getting... Why is there a million magazines on the newsstands? Yeah. Why are we still getting catalogs I mean, from, he's from still brands? Around? Yeah. But, but Skip, so, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, we get a lot of junk mail, but not good content mail, you know? Like, you don't open it up and be psyched on your subscription to something, you know? It doesn't happen. Yeah. But, you know, you were at probably a lot of monumental like events throughout your career yeah you know like crazy yeah and then what about you drunk i just said that no i know but like (laughs) not just but not just the contest side but like like you guys produce you know the magazines produce a lot of just story content like Mm -hmm. did they say hey we got an indo boat trip lined up yeah i mean when i was there the magazines that was the first time we're the first, as far as I know, we were the first magazine to publish Cementowise. Oh, uh, wow. We were the first uh, 
to publish Chopu in 94. So there's like a lot of, the Mentwise came out when I was there, Chopu, uh, Mavericks, like a lot of like, Mavericks is around obviously and for that's years. What, but, and yeah, that's but, what I mean. There's like photos of the mag that are like, you know, new spot, new deal, first, dude, you know, like to be a magazine, like, I, and I, being first to somewhere new and explore. Dude, I can't tell you how blown away we were when we saw the very first photos of the mental eyes. Imagine yeah. that on slides, hitting the table. The first trip, it was uh, Ross Clark Jones, Tom Carroll, Jeff Hornbaker. It was with Martin Daly on the Indies Trader. In the, in back Probably in, the hole, right? The movie, the hole. That was that was that was ninety seven. Okay. Yeah, so that was Potts and, and Potter and Carol when they shaved, did the mohawks and yeah. all that. Is it, this is that when they. Uh, this was actually this this particular trip came out in ninety. No, the issue was like November ninety three. Was Ross Clark Jones on the cover, orange surfing, dropping into a freaking. That was the first mentalized, yeah. Wow. Thunder, thunder left or something? I don't even know. Where but Flame would fucking... Cr- he would, he just, would know. He would, you'd hear screams from his office. We got it! <laughs> and we'd be like, what? He's like, check this out. And it's like your first time seeing Chopu. Or Hank Photo got the, was the first guy for Chopu. And when we saw that, it was Eric Barton. It was the July 94 cover. And it's crazy that I remember the dates. and uh, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But and that, I mean, that's that was your job. You're infused. You stole. You you stared at a, a handful of photos, and it got selected to one that's embedded in your mind for yeah, sure. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's. And were the, you working at the magazine when when um, late night got the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Ninety eight. Yeah. Did, did you? Yeah, that was the surfboard issue. Yeah. And you were like, oh, "That's not a very good cover." Oh hell time. no! We knew all the covers. <laughs> Special. Don't you disrespect no. me. Yeah, you get a freaking... I mean, yeah. this guy's lucky. He got freaking in a barrel with Van Lennep yeah. in his freaking prime. Yeah. That's going to be a cover. Yeah. It was uh, it was a special day out at Hasagor. People always ask, where is that at? Mall. Peach Break, Hasagor. Yeah. And it was an unruly day. We had... We had Perfect. Pat O'Connell on uh, yeah. last week. And he was out there. And he was out there that day that you got the cover. Yeah. Ah. And he was saying how gnarly the, the current was. Well, the, you know, it's anybody that has lives in drastic tide areas, you know, with big storms, there's multiple sandbars and, you know, growing the, up in Huntington, the, and you guys know Huntington, you got a shore break and you got a deep spot and you got an outer sandbar. Well, there's like two more of those. 300 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other photographers, and I don't want to throw them under the bus and make them feel bad, but there's a handful of other photographers that tried to swim out. Couldn't, couldn't. Because we're just, you know, like it was just dreamy day. And then and Chris, such and, a nice guy. Yeah. He's so nice. He's a South African guy, and he's so nice. And you don't think that this guy could get the sickest photos, but yeah. he would. But like, you know, develop, you know, developing relationships with guys that. You know, photographers on, on my side of the business, you know, like going up and buttering up to the editors or the, or Flame, who was this, you know, the, the, the surf editor. You you wanted to, you know, there's a business side on, uh, you know. Well, that on, explains on, why I was friends with every pro surfer. Yeah, yeah. Because after I was at Chronic Tacos, I wouldn't say a lot of those relationships really extended. Yeah. No, it's like for I never, sure. I'd see them, and it's funny because... I remember at Chronic Tacos, by the time I was there in 2003, 2002, I saw Andy at the U.S. Open, and he just he had already had a world title under his belt, and I saw him, and I'd, I'd been out of the industry for a couple of years, 
and he freaking never forgot me. He's all, dude, I'm fucking so happy to see you because it was he was getting bombarded by people. Yeah. And he saw me and we freaking kind of went off and he's like, dude, I get fucking good to see you. It's like a little normalcy because I've known him since he was little, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And talk talk to us about your, you know, you lived in Newport, you had a lot of people stay, and you have this binder. Network. Oh yeah, the oh, talk, oh the, yeah. The binder. Well, you've been posting lately. Yeah. yeah. And I, want I mean, that. can I have I, that? I did something a little different. I had a wall in my house and I had everybody come and tag it. Like I had That's... all these paint pins. Oh, remember? Sick. Yeah. I had this this giant not giant, but a, a wall and you know, one tag, you know, somebody come stay at my house because I lived in Huntington, everybody's coming for Surfer Pool or the US Open or whatever yeah. it was. And I'm like, hey, tag my wall, you know, and People would do art. Somebody would just put a signature. Somebody would have a little funny, like, saying, you know. Mm -hmm. We had that wallet surfing. And, uh, yeah, you did, for sure. And it was fun, and it was cool. And my dad's like, you know how many coats of paint it took to cover up, like, all of that ink, you know, because it's, like, oil-based, like, paint pens. I'm like, why would you ever cover it up, you know? Like, it was just part of, you know, our house. But the, the binder, you had people come and stay. Yeah. Tell us about, like... the Well, I had this book. It was just a sort of like anytime I took a trip with someone or they stayed at my house, I would have them sign it. And it wasn't just an autograph book because I could get any autographs. Yeah, autographs was, are boring. So, yeah. This would be just like, hey, it's like a personal book. They'd write a note in it. And because it was a special trip or they would open up more and write. Yeah. Like, they would write longer. They would write several sentences because... It was not just an autograph yeah. book, but yeah. Yeah, you have, you have bonding. These are people that you just weren't passing through, but they yeah. would come and hang out and you had yeah. a relationship with. Yeah, so the, the most special one in that book is the Andy Irons one. He stayed at my house in 98. He came here for two weeks. He won the U.S. Open. And when he won, when he won the OP Pro first, and then we went to Chart House. Then that next week, he won the U.S. Open, and we went to Chart House. But he won two contests back to back in Huntington. Yeah, yeah. He it won was the U.S. Open and it was, a, it was a QS five star, and then they had the U.S. Open the next. And he won them both back to back, and he was on MCD. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dominated. And, yeah, and so I remember the Sunday morning. Come on, uh, Linden. Come on, Linden. Dude, you're that. failing me, bro. I yeah. I probably was working at HSS. Back then. Yeah, you probably worked like 80 hours that week and yeah. fried. Yeah. But the, the morning of the finals on that Sunday of the U.S. Open, I freaking tapped his shoulder. He's asleep in my in the, the room that we had. And I said, Andy, wake up. It's the morning of the final. <laughs> that is it's epic. the morning <laughs> of the finals. Hey, put, put, put on your up. skull trunks, yeah. bro. <laughs> so, put on your rising sun trunks. Yeah, so I, I videoed Star that. trunks? I videoed that. I still have it on video. He won. Fuck he off. went out that day and won the US Open. It was you pretty sick. You have that on video? Yeah. Can you so, please find that? It's on Somewhere. Hi8. It's on Hi8. I just don't know how to transfer. Oh, Eventually, there's companies. But anyway, so he wrote in that book, Skip, thanks for letting me be a vagrant on your floor. It's the morning of the finals. It's a great way to get me ready for that day. Nice. Yeah. So epic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, I mean, those are the memories that, you know, you appreciate the relationships you had and you're like, yeah. again, at Grom and we're going to come back to, you know, Upland to, you know, here you are sleeping on your brother's floor, couch or whatever, part mm-hmm. summer, 
you get a job in the industry and you come through and you're freaking now having world championship on your court. I know. Like, in, I future world champion. Well, I know, but you know yeah, what I mean? He, like He left a board at my house, which I kept forever. And just a couple years ago, I took it, it Mayhem shaped it, but it had the HIC stickers on it and MCD stickers, but it was Andy, Mayhem called him Cool Guy. So that was how it was signed, Andy, for quote, Cool Guy. I gave the board back to Mayhem a couple years ago, and he was pretty psyched. He gave me 10 new Mayhems. Wow. So you, your, one of your most memorable trips was Tahiti because of, you know, the... You know the beauty of the place, and then ha- having Brock Little, you know, scare the BF out of you. But where was your like trip? Did you go to Mentowies? Is there a trip that you're like, I can't believe how good the waves we scored, or how incredible this place was? Yeah. So I never got to. So the year that I was going to go to G Land was the year. Uh, it was a Quicksilver Pro. Yeah. It was the 97 or 98, but there was like riots or there was unrest, civil unrest in the country. Mm. So that remember the year they canceled it. So I had already scheduled to go. They canceled the contest. So I never got to go over to the Mentawise for that. You get Mendaka when you're in Europe or anything? Yeah, I scored yeah. Mendaka. Okay, yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, we were in uh, Hasegor. It was pouring rain. It was like eight foot shore break. And I was with Frieden and was like, let's go to Mendaka and scored Mendaka like five, six feet. It's sunny. But uh, but I think like more my more my trips weren't about the waves as much as about just the people and the experiences. Yeah, well, you that's know? a hard thing to just. Well, there you you want to score as a surfer, you want to score good waves. Yeah, but it's not like you said. It's not always about the waves. It's about who you're with, the culture, and exploring you know parts of the world that like. Yeah, I mean, like in Portugal, like gosh, I mean, I look back at this stuff and I can't fucking believe it because, in Portugal. I needed to get a ride back to the airport. <laughs> and the only and Danny Lisbon. Wills and Mick Campbell were driving to the they were driving to the Lisbon. I'm like, dude, great. I freaking got a ride with Danny Wills and Mick Campbell. And I freaking we left. We got a hotel in that night because the plane was leaving the next morning, but all of a sudden I'm freaking on a road trip with Mick Campbell and Danny Wills. And those guys are fucking classic. And I bet. and I'm just still, even all these years into Surfing Magazine. I'm a surf fan, yeah, and I'm starstruck, and I'm like sitting there. I can't believe I'm freaking hanging with those guys. But not even that. This how small the world really is, and and if you're a surfer and you're connected, like doors are open, floors open, cars open. You know, like yeah. the the camaraderie yeah. of like traveling, and you know these are Australians. You you work for a surfing magazine. You probably don't really know each other that well, but they know who you are. Yeah. They know there, and it's like. Yeah, mate. We got we got you. Yeah. You know? And I bring this up all the time. If you surf good, you're accepted. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. you're accepted in the tribe and you're the 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 apprehension of a new guy in the scene or the new guy in the car or the new guy, you know. If you surf He's that well shallow. enough. He's that shallow. I'm not but. shallow. <laughs> it's, it's reality, though, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding, dude. Because, you know, you're a good surfer. Yeah, right? that, that's your... And you that, work for a, a prestigious prestigious magazine, yeah. right? So the prestigious magazine part gets you there, right? Yeah. But you're, you're... You walk the walk a little bit. You walk yeah. the walk, and, you know, if you're hitting the lift, doing the air... Or if Tom Kern asks you to roll a freaking big old joint smoking, you're going to do it. <laughs> right? You know that's what I mean? You, right. you, you've like, that's the thing that's awesome about our story and, and um, 
the stories we hear from people, it's like, dude, yeah. you you don't you don't like necessarily fit in unless you really fit in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing because it's like that's cool. That makes you, you know, that makes you authentic. That yeah. makes you uh, yeah. really, you know, you're not just a guy we're interviewing that work for a surf magazine yeah you know you're yeah. a guy you're that, infused and you put in your time and you're in you you're yeah, a guy that loves surfing that wanted to excel and surf really well and achieved things that few people in this world have yeah you know what i mean so that's 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 rap yeah you know and well, yeah well Surfing and being in the right place at the right time is what he's saying is opens up doors. And it sure did. And well, being a good surfer open up opens I said, up I said doors. That too. But but no, you 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 know you create your own luck or your own opportunity and stuff. And you obviously were a fan of surfing, and you were lucky enough that your brother took you under his wing and you're in Newport. And you know we we love and that's what the show's about is how your life got to where you're at now, yeah. you know? And there's so many ways that it could have gone, you know, left, yeah. right, and, yeah. you know? Yeah, those... it's, it's interesting, because my son's, uh, my son Strider's 21 now, or 20, 20, he's 20. Dang. And uh, he's just old enough now, he's going, fuck, really? Wow, you did that? Whoa. I know wow. that, right? Really? Yeah. Like, he's finally realizing you're yeah. wanting to pay attention to what you've yeah. accomplished. You know how right? hard I yeah. tell my kid I used to rip? <laughs> Uh, he is in, no, <laughs> that's for you, Lyndon. No, Dad, why are you riding such a long, skinny, like board with a cur- curled up nose, Ooh, like you know, funny. like uh, the old footage? No, but you know the 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 path you took and where you came from. I mean, that you're not this golden boy from one of these beach communities yeah. that just was like infused. You're and from the your outside. Dad, your parents yeah, served, well, and outside, you know. You yeah, you're an outsider. Uh, you're like, totally. Hey, you're like me, bro. Oh, uh, <laughs> but you know, we want to talk about some of the other things that you're involved in, and obviously, this OC Society mag started up while you're still trying to do Getter Juice. Yeah, yeah. So juice. I was like, man, making a magazine's easy. I'll do a monthly one now. I could do it in my sleep. We did. Uh, actually, we did that for a couple years almost. Yeah. Yeah, it was called Orange County Culture. Then we got a cease and desist letter from another magazine because they were doing they were called Culture. We changed it to OC Society, but that is the sickest magazine ever, bar none. I, I was, it re- was it restaurants, lifestyle, it like events, everything. and like bars, everything? restaurants, MMA, fishing, everything Roto. within the community. Yeah. Okay. But you can look it up on issuu.com, issue.com. Just oh, Google shit. Orange County Culture or yeah. Orange County Society. We have a bunch of issues that we posted on there, and and what it's, what was um, motivation? We did, to we do did it? freaking uh, a friend of mine, Steve Cabler, he Krabby. He was in the Bali bombing, and he survived. Our other friend died sadly. Uh, him and I, did you were me, there? Me and my wife were there on our honeymoon. Honeymoon. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I have. I, my I my best friend is Steve Webster. I know. I know. I I won't. I'll talk to you off mic about it. It was heavy. Heavy. Wow. Yeah. 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 I might not be here to go to today. 
I'm going to thank Bob Marley and the Mary Joanna because... And put you out in the hotel room? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because there's other avenues to go that night. October 12th, 2002. I got married on the 5th and we were there for two weeks. Wow, I didn't know that. A little little short synopsis was me and my wife were up at the Ritz Carlton and like our own ballet, like we went luxury, like as luxury as you can the first week. And then one of my best friends, Rizal, and his wife, Chandra, own a hotel down in Kuda. And we're like, well, we want to do our honeymoon for a week. And then we want to come surf and party and hang with all of our friends for a week. And that Saturday, we checked out of our hotel and we come down to Oons. Oh my gosh. And we were like, time to get this party started with our bros. And we decided to kind of like, you know, take a little, you know, yeah, relax. Anyways, you're tired. We, it, yeah, I, I, I was there and it was gnarly. Wow. Super gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. But my good friend died. Yeah. He was in the sorry club and the roof collapsed on him. And my other friend tried to save him, couldn't. Yeah. And he survived. He busted through the freaking corrugated metal walls and saved himself but he was freaking he's never been the same since but nope. but so him and I started that magazine and we freaking we have articles on serial killers murderers sur- it's like the first magazine to ever mix surfing skateboarding murder I, I mean it's, it's freaking crazy everything that happened within the community Every, for that like that yeah, month we did or ghost, whatever we did How, go- was it a monthly yeah it was a monthly we did what ghost stories called? it's called OC Society and OC Culture. It was OC Culture, but we had to change the name yeah. eventually. Okay. But we did like uh, 16 issues or something like that. That's cool. That was a fun magazine that nobody really knows about. Well, I, I figured it would, you know, with your experience and then just knowing, again, the, the layout of how to make something. Yeah, so new. that one was like, man, I know how to make magazines yeah. with my eyes closed. This and there, and you, you tapped into something that nobody's really covering because... Some stuff's in the newspaper and it comes and goes. It's daily. You know, they're just looking for that, like, one-liner. You know, you guys had a little bit of time to opportunity to, like, dive in to bring maybe a little bit more depth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Donovan on the cover or or, uh, what's the MMA guy? The Iceman. T2? No. Chuck Liddell. Chuck Chuck Liddell. Yeah, we'd have him on the cover and then Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker article inside. I mean, it was like, it was, the content was just amazing. Yeah, sounds amazing. It it is. When you look at it, it's like, wow. I I have on here that you were actually on public relations on American Red Cross. Is that straight out of college? Yeah, that was, that was, that was was out of OCC. Yeah. Red Cross? Yeah, I was a PR guy at Red Cross. For, I don't know, six months? <laughs> yeah. So Amazing. epic. Yeah. And then you're on the board still, I don't know, for Newport Surf Council? The Newport that... Surf Council? Yeah. I mean, that's like all of us. like. But just to like promote like... We were trying to get black rid of blackball. The mm-hmm. Newport Surf Council was developed to challenge the blackball laws. And it worked. They're very lenient with it now. Yeah. Sometimes and they, they, they don't cha- even put it up. They changed the time... But they also, if the conditions, meaning like... If it's too big. Body surfer type form, yeah. you know, like people not from the community. Yeah. They know they're not going out. Like yeah. what these guys... We used to get busted for... It used to be under 5'4 or 5'2 or whatever yeah, the yeah, length. Yeah. 
And then they said, no, you need to no have stand up, right? Yeah, no yeah. fins. And then it was like, no stand up. We're like, no. we're on soft tops with no fins, but we want to stand up yeah. and try to, you know, do what Jamie O'Brien and all these guys do, like on these yeah. boards now. But they wouldn't even let us back then. Mm-hmm. We're like, what do you guys do? What? Oh, we're not going to hurt anybody. These no are soft. The There's no fins. Like, what are you talking about? We just want to go get, like, pulling the clothesouts. Yeah. So yeah. crazy. That might have been like five years ago where we were going to city council meetings yeah. and I think it paid off. And then also, and I don't mean to stop you if you want to talk more about that, but you're on the DFS movement, Drug Free Sports. Well, that was, uh, remember when, gosh, what was that little kid from Huntington? He died from drug. Chris, uh, there's too many of them. Yeah, so yeah, anyway, I, I, I that was jo- John Salanoa started the drug-free surfing. It was a movement, a nonprofit, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, that's gone away now, though. Yeah. Just, but, but there's been, you know, again, just advocating for, for kids to like, yeah. you know, hey, know the harm of the drugs. You know, obviously, there's alcohol and there's weed, marijuana that's now legal whether you call it the gateway drug or whatever back in the day, it's pretty harmless. You're not going to OD on weed. Yeah. Alcohol is definitely bad if you abuse it, you yeah. know? But nowadays there's so much other stuff. Other stuff. You know, the like... pills, and you know, like again, you should know what kind of pill, and we always advocate, and I have kids at that age, and I'm like, you never put a pill in your mouth that you don't know where it came from. Where it came from. Oh, yeah. hell no. But, uh, the fentanyl, you know, and now they they make it look like every other drug out there, you know, like oh that's just an ibuprofen, oh that's just a Tylenol, oh that's you know, wow, it's just not you know, mm-hmm. it's we're in crazy times right now, yeah, you know, it sucks. So let's we need more of that. Yeah. No, we're not. And I'm just going through the bullet points of how well rounded and you know awesome awesome this guy is Bradley skips hey, this. <laughs> drugs you know hey like drug free you know surfing or sports yeah. and let's get rid of blackball because we want to really surf you know we don't want boogie board yeah. like Lennon that's right you know yeah <laughs> I mean it's funny he has no comeback but it's back in the day I, yeah. it would, the blackball would go up and there's Lennon it's like <laughs> right there on time <laughs> you guys are Dicks. No, but, we're at my house, and you guys are treating me like a second. You're son. a legend, Chucky. No, but, 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 you know, your body of work, and we, you know, again, we have these, you know, bullet points because we don't want to forget anything. All right, you know? hold on. What? We're not ending it. No, I'm just. You're acting like we're ending it. So I want to ask him. Oh my god. What do you write, bro? What do I write? Yeah. Well, like I said, I traded that AI board for ten mayhems. Sick. So I got, I got. Wait. You traded one board for ten? Ten new boards. Fucking yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking Biolus, about. Biolis, you're the man. We love yeah. hearing that. I freaking love Matt. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's an Indo right now. Or did he say, I'll give you ten boards for that. That was his, that was his. I took it I took the board down to him. He and Which is an offering. Like yeah. not like re- expecting. Yeah. Well, well he, I he knew did. that I knew that there was gonna yeah. be some type of trade. Represent re- what is it? Rep- Repres- yeah. Repress. But I, you're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> but anyway, what I do I have to cut that out? What do I ride? I am still riding just a normal shortboard, and I'm always thinking, man, do I just gotta give it up? Because sometimes I feel like the biggest Barney. So what do you ride? My my board now is like five nine, eighteen and whatever, two and whatever. 
I don't even know it's a dimensions. Shortboard. I don't know what kind of fins I have. I, and the funny thing is, being in the surf industry, I don't know anything about fins. I don't know anything about dimensions. Dang. I don't. I, I just. I think the less you know, sometimes you just leave it up to the shaper. And I, they, I agree. they know. They know yeah. your. Yeah. I know that stature I like, and your ability. I know the height, but I know it's eighteen so did you get and 10, whatever. Five nines. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Well, I got some boards for my kid. I, I still have four boards left. Hey, so. hey Skippy stab in the dark right here. You know, he's yeah. got ten, five, nines, all there you the go. same. Bro, that's what we need to do. A stab in, a skip a, in the dark? Yeah, a skip in the dark. Uh. <laughs> skip in the dark. No, you can't buy it. with that. You beat. can't buy it. You know, you got to come all right, with some we'll different. All right, we'll call it something else. Um, <laughs> no, but... Gangbang in the dark. Oh shit! You know, wow. <laughs> this guy, right? This mm-hmm. guy. Gangbang. Yeah. Yeah. Gangbang. <laughs> no, but that's pretty cool. Though. But Matt, yeah. Matt cool. is seriously, you know, he doesn't get along with everybody. He rubs some people wrong. He is obviously deserves everything. Mr. Congeniality, dude. But. <laughs> Well, he'll tell you like it is. Yeah, for sure. sure. And I, I love it. I, I mean, love we it. We need more people like him. Yeah. And when he posts that the old board games and the old content and the old like uh, advertising, you know, feuds that he would have with brands, fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, but it's not about Matt. But I'm just saying, it is awesome that he's gonna take care of you for like you know, back I, I, you know, an archive that he would love to have, and yeah. he's gonna. You know, pay you handsomely. Yeah. So yeah. And then like, he said, if he ever sells that AI board, he'll split the profit with me. On top wow. of the 10 boards. So He's you, a nice guy. So you He's a nice guy. Grobbler type. I ride, yeah. I still ride short boards. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to improve. Where do you surf now? Or where do you like to I, surf? I surf wherever it's least crowded. You surf Huntington? I, I surf, I'll surf Mags and Brookhurst. Maghurst? Yeah. 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 Okay. Hi. Hi, yeah. I, I prefer just wherever it's. I mean, it's gotten so crowded. So I just surf you don't run into this guy often because he's always worked. Like I don't surf Magger so anymore. Yeah. It's been years. Yeah, I might go like Talbert Channel, and, but mostly like fifty second, fiftieth, forty fourth, forty eighth. So have you partaken in any wave pools? Uh, the only one I did was the original ones, the the Flow Riders, where I was in the World Championships in ninety seven. Wait, what? Flow riders. It's not a wave pool. Come on. But you could get seriously barreled. You could get seriously barreled on these I almost, things. I almost flow broke riders my knee off. Championship? Of yeah, I was in the one in Europe. With, He's finding the photo. That's, Look at this guy. That's what. It, that's the flow rider. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was I was like a pro flow boarder. Shut up. Oh. Yeah, because I was like the I was like in yeah. the first crew, and so I got to do it with Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk won the World Championships. I got fifth with tied what, equal what fifth is, with Christian. I mean, what year is that? That's 97, 97, 98. Yeah. Were you working for the magazine? Yeah, they sent me there. And when you you hit, you're hitting rock bottom. Oh you're yeah, hitting it's, a cement bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's it's painful. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done it since 2000. So wait, you went there for the championships? Yeah. And you got what? Fifth. Any money? <laughs> no, we just got a trophy. That's cool. But me and Christian Fletcher got equal fifth. I think Tony Hawk got first, Terje Hawkinson second, Chris Miller third, Rush Randall from Maui. It was... all oh, the guys that could do 
corkscrews and flips and five forties. Yeah, tight end, strapped in. They're aerial, airless, and windsurfers. Yeah, Yeah. but that was that was April. April. Hey, April. Skip. Nice to meet you. Bradley, you're on the show. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Grab an Ashlyn. Ashlyn. So wow, that's crazy. So you you haven't done BSR or Kelly's. No, it's funny because I was going to, uh, Kelly, like, every once in a while, when I put, like, a Slater thing on my I'll story. I'll get you up to the ranch. Well, it's like he'll he'll repost my story on his. And oh, then, really? I saw that. That guy? Lately, yeah, and then but a part of me is like, and then he'll, like, I put a picture of Todd Holland up, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, I just saw Todd a couple weeks ago. He's doing good. I'm like, really? What's he up to? He's like, he's like surf coach. Surf coach yeah. in Florida. I'm like, cool. And. Sometimes I want to just go, dude. What's it take? How 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 do you get up there? I, but I just I'm not that type. I've never been yeah. that type to ask. You know. I wish I could say I can help you out in that realm, but but BSR man, I tell you, when that first came out, I I pitched them the idea of doing an air, a Ghetto Juice air show there because Ghetto Juice was still around, and, uh, and they, they, they the no, they freaking the guy was all over it, so that died, and all of a sudden they're doing stab. But okay. I, I would have been here. We go. We're going to throw it out right now. Yeah. Palm Springs. Ghetto Juice. Yeah, Shane, let's do this. Who, who, Shane Kalani. Shane knows. Shane knows. I, I put Shane. Shane was a grom. Matt Belden. Shane was a grom. Ryan Alper. Come on. Yeah, Shane you knows. You guys are from... Shane, you owe me. Remember I put you in the air show when you were like 14 and you, you wanted to get in the air show and I, we did a grom heat just for you and Ian Walsh. There yeah. we go. We got to do hey. a Palm Springs Ghetto Juice Air Show. Yeah, I haven't done, I haven't done any of those wave, wave pools. I uh, always wanted to. Well, we're, we, we, we're going to have to make that happen. I don't know if uh, Kelly is going to get you in there, but... You been up there? Palm Springs? I have. Oh, once. nice. And Lars gotten Kelly's once. Yeah. You've done BSR twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it sick? So sick. Really? It's like what you grew up on, 54th Street on the best day of the year. I've never surfed it, but... Yeah. But Kelly's... Short, power, punchy, and sweet. You surfed surf Kelly's, really? I surf, yeah. He works, for, he works for his brand. I work for Outer Known. So. Oh. So, like, my best video tube ride... Oh, I saw it. Did you post at, it? Yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Okay. Is that... Hey, somebody, somebody that's been surfing for, like... 40 or 50 or 70 years or however old he is. 800 years, bro. He His best barrel was at a wave pool. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that, but the, on it, camera. It, it is. On camera, it Marshall. is. Come on. Late no, night. I see. On I, camera. We, we, did a, we did a Nicaragua trip, and he got freaking pretty barrel there. Where's I don't, your, I don't get a lot of video. No. What was your best, best barrel? Ever? Late night. Ah. There's too many to think of, right? Kind Mentalize? of. I would say, Mentalize, Porto. Mm. I mean, a couple of Nicaragua for sure. Um, J Bay. Uh, I mean, as far you know, like there's yeah. different. There's pro surfer. There's yeah. different like 
Chope, you know, Chopu, like to. You did not get away with Chopu, bro. Come on. I did this. I did the events before they were even CT events. Yeah, yeah, but she didn't get away with Chopu. You might have, because back then it was like six foot Chopu. Yeah. It was like freaking small. manageable. Small. The first, the first couple of years were really small Chopu. So that's not real Chopu. It's like ceiling high, which is. I, I don't know. You look at the way the one that Kobe Alberton won and and Conan should have won. Sorry. But that's the way it rolled out. Is that the one we bar- barred your board? No. Conan barred Marino's. Board. Oh, yeah. Marino board. But no, I mean, there's lots of barrels everywhere, but yeah, it yeah. just, you know. Barrels are I mean, fun. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you play Fantasy Surfer? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's just not cool because everybody picks the same guys. Yeah. There's only, there, it's not like. MLB where there's 500 different baseball players. You get 32 guys. Okay, everyone's going to pick a Tattle, Italo, John John. It's all know. about the last two or three guys. Yeah. That makes the dark horses. Yeah. 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 It's all about dark horses. Yeah. yeah. I'm just glad it's But it's funny cuz I I thought I had great picks for Narrabeen <laughs> and Newcastle and and I'm actually My guys failed me. I'm ranked uh, 50,000. <laughs> That's my ranking. I might be better than you then. Yeah. So who's your team? Do you remember? Oh, the top 44. <laughs> There's only 32, but I, I still. I'll never forget the time uh, the lowers was crowded, and I can't remember who said it. They're like, man, there must be a hundred of the top 44 out there. A <laughs> hundred of the top 44. Yeah, I like that. A lot of guys are ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Late night was probably out there too. Definitely. Yeah. But that was cool Stay to see, and like all your guys is that you guys your interviews with Taylor Knox and Pat. It's like I have a story for every pro server. I bet. I, like for Pat, it was he set me up on in Portugal. We went on a double date, and he had the hottest chick, and I got her friend, and she was a hog in Portugal. In Portugal. <laughs> oh, wait, she was a hog. She, I got the hog. <laughs> Pat got the, his chick was hot. He's like, oh, you gotta go with me, man. She got a friend and. She you was, were the wingman. I was the wingman. And you got a hog. Yeah. And Thanks, then, Pat. And then Taylor Knox, that story would be, I was there for his first Bud Tour win in 93 or 94 at Lowers, his first QS win. Wow. Yeah. So cool. He won $4,000. $4,000 yeah. at Lowers. Yeah. Yeah. In, in but what? he was psyched because that was what got him, that was the year he four. qualified for the World three. Tour. 93, yeah. four. Yeah. Before it came like the surf bout and more money and yeah. there wasn't a lot of money back then. Yeah, at certain events. Because Kel- Kelly's ninety win was 30. only like thirty grand, right? Yeah, and Christian's win was the it same. It was only similar. thirty grand, but, right? But, but Booth, you won a couple of those at like thirty, you know? At lowers. Well, one was I think they're both at Creek, maybe. I don't know. He won two surf bouts, I thought. Because uh, uh, it was. Yeah, Boothy, fact check this. But I, th- I think you won at least one or two of the surf ballots at like 25, 30K. And I think then it went to Lowers, so where Boothy, Christian won. Boothy, Boothy. I got to surf for Boothy. I, yeah. I freaking don't, I got a tip. Don't wake Boothy up at 8 in the morning when he's got an 11 o'clock heat. <laughs> He'll flip you off in bed. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. We got to have just surf quotes. Every surfer. Maybe we go through the whole lineup yeah. one time. Yeah. Well, you know, you because brought that, you brought that box of oh my God, amazing that's, memorabilia. That's, yeah, it's, it's, and honestly, I I want to keep it for the rest of my life because it'll take me 
half my life to go through it. I know it's so and really appreciate it's so cool. No, yeah. only I would say you guys are probably just one of a handful of people that have ever seen that. Yeah, and hopefully you and Barb can put something together for for bonsai bowls and have some art shows or whatever you want yeah. to yeah. call it. Yeah, that would I be mean, cool. Fuck, I'm, I'm honestly sure. like, we should do a late night with Chalky. Times Bradley Skip Sneed. Freaking set we, it up. Can we do something? Can we just invite like, all all the like the guys that are in that box or yeah, that's yeah, yes. that are still alive. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, there's some in there. That I was like, insane. whoa, is that guy still alive? Yeah, because because you know it's, it's we'll awesome. curate your show. It's we'll awesome it. to share your story. But then to have yeah. that too, like I can't think of the so name. I don't think our guests really understand so. Yeah, Skippy over here brought up a shoe box, kind of, or a it's, Christmas box, but it's got probably a few hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred plus photo, you know, photos that were in the mag or maybe up for the mag that you guys had rights to during your tenure at all these, you know, great, you know, of every surfing great. Yeah, so there's an incredible archive right here behind us. Yeah, of, yeah. of great, 60, great photos which. A photo, you know, is a story, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. I have another box that's maybe about that size of all the 90s stuff. Shut and, the front yeah. door. So yeah. I got, yeah. I got, Am I in there? You got a lot of photos in there. In the 90s, I made it. I made the cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about me, though, Lyndon. It's not about you. Yeah, it is, though. Yeah. A lot of times, you just know. Yeah, they're called match prints. That's so that they always, before it goes printed in the magazine, they need to get a print to see what it's going to print like. Yeah, size wise, so there's yeah. you know there's not any so they know variables and imperfections. Yep. Yeah. Well, shoot, I love it. But you guys should definitely come to the garage sometime if you if we're gonna because I have like five hundred pounds of stuff. We're 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 gonna do that, and I appreciate should you holding on and, and respecting the archives, you know, because it's easy to like live in the moment and just be like, oh, like that facts, Andy's, you know, or or Jake Patterson's yeah, like facts I freaking, or I knew facts or whatever. I'm keeping this forever. You I know? knew back then. Yeah, and who, I was well, a that's fan, you know? that's a true fan yeah. and um, first of all, just a big surf fan for that's yeah. yeah, and. And that's all it is at the time. And then you don't think about it like, is this going to be worth something? You're like, dude, that's cool. I just got, you know, so-and-so's facts and you tuck it away. Yeah, yeah that's... It's cool. My it's email, cool. Dad. I, I, You're a nerd. Like, before I left... Yeah, I'm fucking... You're a fucking surf... I'm a surf nerd, nerd. who. Yeah. Right. But check this We're out. We're all cut from the Look, same cloth on that one. Before I left surfing, after I got that job opportunity, I had like two weeks left. I freaking spent... I was there every day printing emails wow oh, I got this email from Brissick this email from Nick Carroll this e I printed them all I still have them all I have a stack like that big of just correspondence emails flame about this trip all inside which is cool so, so wow. you ever do a book you have a recollection you have a timeline you can yeah. remember because all it takes that's is, pretty crazy yeah. all it takes is a picture or I, a, an email to bring back like you know 100 memories yeah. I, and it's I, funny because the emails back then they were formatted funny in the 90s yeah AOL, I, you know I, I mean, I, I, I kind of relate to what you're talking about because I've worked for brands, right? And moved on to different brands. And then you're like, oh, shit. I'm going to leave this brand and go to this brand. But I, I really want to keep this as memorabilia. Mm -hmm. You know, not just contacts and stuff, but just like 
like you said, emails from certain people that you're like, you kind of like, oh, that was a milestone in my life. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Like, whatever. And yeah, that's like an important thing to, to you know, stock away. Yeah. You know? Well, I kept everything because every, there was, it's not like bulky stuff. If it's paper, prints, laminates, yeah. contests, like the passes for a con, like all that stuff. I mean, this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos, but it's Small. it doesn't take up much space. So, know? Skip, I like it. Are you in West Coast Board Riders Club? Are you Newport guy? Mm-mm. You're not. Are you? Yeah, I never, I never did the Newport Board Riders. I think it was, it was, That's where you would go, though, right? Yeah. So okay. I, I think I did it once, but. Uh, I need to I need to get back involved with it yeah. and, and show those guys because starting back up Grant and Jamie Reedling they do yeah. a really good job with the Newport and I they just do it's they, starting back up yeah. so I have to hit them up and get you gotta hit them up yeah because I, think, I mean the, the history and the relationships that you'll run into on the beach yeah. here here's is, here's my idea deep. yeah ghetto juice West Coast board riders there's this guy selling that right now. Ooh! Wow! You could do even just an annual. That's it. Whatever. Here's the 2020 annual. It's the yearbook. A recap for the year. It's the yearbook. It's the fucking newsletter. I like that. Get over juice. West Coast Borderers yearbook. Hey, it's got culture in it. Hey, I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna sign on the inside. You got to leave a couple blank pages for signatures, and we pass. We go and we get. Signature That's a freaking great idea. Next, right? Yeah. A you yearbook. Know? Hey, a yearbook. Dude. Or, or start have off a great, a Have a killer summer, bro. Well, it's hey. like pitchy. But imagine the like the, uh, if the, uh, you know, like your class picture of every Newport Board Riders is headshots, like a class picture. And then yeah. Huntington. And then, Make it like a yearbook. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you heard it so here class, on Late Night with Chalky and Ghetto Juice podcasts. Right class here. of 21. So, so uh, the East Coast is... Have you seen? Blowing up. Do you know the East Coaster? There have formed their fucking East Coast. Oh, they want to battle? I think East Coast is cool? Yeah. Oh, dude. They're battling. They are cool. I know. They are cool. And they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They've got... Babe. Babe, you're on the podcast. You're on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I State your name. Becca. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> State your name. My name? Yes. Hi, Becca. And, and, and why are you calling today, Becca? <laughs> we, we need to release the liability. <laughs> All right. I'm at the Chalky Late Night with Chalky podcast, and we're just wrapping it up, love. All right. I love you. I love you, babe. We love you. We got a good dude here. All right. Bye, babe. I'll be home soon. Okay, bye. So, dude, dude, we're good. We're good. You got a good one there. Yeah, she's... Late Night with Chalky slash Ghetto Juice slash... Yearbook. West Coast Board Riders. We're going to make it happen. Chronicles. I could freaking lay that out. And if it's only once a year, it'd freaking give me plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. You get HSS. You get, like, one... Or you just get the big, a couple of the brands that support it. Every every well, no every yeah. board writer fundraises their own deal. You just mm-hmm. get each board writer get whatever how many pages each. Okay. Yeah. We're doing this. That'd be We're pretty cool. Fucking doing this. I like it. Yeah. All right. Yearbook. Hey. West Coast board writers. Yearbook. I mean, 
right? East Coast. Yeah, just the Coast board riders. riders. Board riders. Yeah. yeah. It's. I think they're. It's called USA Board Riders or something. It's. it's yeah. Yeah. We need it. We USA need USA Board Riders times Ghetto Juice. But but this is you know again we talk about it because we're we're part of Huntington but the way surfing has been you know kind of passed on through generations has been through the surf clubs unless you've been in a prominent like surf community which there are a lot but some aren't but to be able to get that coaching be a part of a team Mm -hmm. you know have your peers and the guys you looked up for generations like it's all of that that is you know that heritage that history and then I mean, in our hood, we got like Deffenbaugh, we got Simpson, we got like Nichols, we got me. You got all these no, guys. You got Bud Long. You got people. You got all these guys that are willing in, to. In every board riders. And every yeah. board riders has the same. Yeah. yeah. San Clemente's deep. Deep. Oh, all God. of them. Sa- yeah. Santa Cruz and and Encinitas and Carlsbad. You yeah. know, like there's all kinds. Dana Point, like, and Space it's, Coast board riders. It's bro. awesome to That's have Matt Keckley. Yeah. But it's awesome to have that lineage within your community and stuff where there's sometimes disconnect between those generations. There's, there's a total disconnect. And it's funny because the magazines were that connection yeah. before. And oh, I go Sir Huntington. I'm like, who's this freaking bald dude that's like trying to burn me on the way? I'm like, that's Dean Quinn. I don't see anybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> I love you. Anyways. But no, we, we, we love everything about the board riders. Clubs, because I I went to Huntington High. My freshman year, we went to Australia and we competed with all the board riders clubs from Wollongong all the way to Sunshine Coast. So you competed with Taj? No, he was on the West He's a lot West Coast, but Danny Wills, Sasha Stalker, uh, um, Noodles, uh, Bo Emerton. I mean, you name every surfer in the 90s that... Became a pro. I mean, Bo Emerton won the US Open. We yeah. we competed against them as like you know Groms, yeah. you know, and then you know developed and all of a sudden we're surfing a QS event somewhere around the world. I'm like freaking yeah. surfing fucking rules, man. It rules. fucking rules, it, and it, that's the thing is, you fucking rule. You rule. You fucking rule. Yeah. Not, all right. Want to wrap it up? Oh, yeah, you're good at wrapping okay. it up. How do you do that? Let me see. I can't believe that we got to sit with. One of the most influential, right? Dare I say influential? Dare I say integral fucking media creative? Bradley Skippy Skip Sneed from Upland, California, who was lucky enough to have his brother bring him to Newport Beach. And lucky enough to have his parents let him be with his brother and thrive in Newport Beach and become the surfer. Because there's a lot of communities along the beach that don't have that this, like depth, you know. Like yeah. you were in Newport fucking Beach, that yeah. is like that opened up so a lot many of doors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it could have been Topanga that could, we went yeah. to, and then this would never we'd never be it here. Be, yeah. yeah. You you were in the epicenter of what yeah. was going on at the time. So you 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 took the opportunity, right, and ran with it. With the love of writing. 
love of writing, journalism, and created Snail... What? Snail Gazette. Giselle. Snail Gazette. Gazette? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gazette. Which was your, like, first venture into journalism. Yeah. And then, from there, created Ghetto Juice. Mm-hmm. And then... Which got picked up by Beach Happy. Randy... Which, what the fuck is his name? Landhorn? Rand- Bob Landgreen. Bob? Where you got paid in product, which was acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right? Uh-huh. Maybe. Beach Happy. Yeah. I mean, Beach Happy, at that time, was the anti... Anti... Corporate mags. Polished... You had surfer surfing, and then you had it was the, it was the hundred uh, percent bro bra the bro bra free the yeah. up the upstart right the 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 punk kids on the block of, of America's surfing. favorite birdcage liner exactly but that's a good yeah that's a that good was quote the, because that, that was, was the a tagline quote. Yeah. yeah America's favorite birdcage liner was Beach Happy's tagline yeah and you were part of that ever so briefly yeah briefly because your talent was there and Nick Carroll booyah saw Come your big potential Brown and Bob was so sad when I left I felt I felt bad having to say bye to him because he gave me my shot and yeah I always think Bob years later I'd see Bob and but she it, never got paid so hey that's true. <laughs> that's true I got paid in gum yeah in gum and what are those called? Tabs? Tic Tacs. The thing you put under your tongue, yeah. No, but that, I mean, the, the timing of, the you timing. know, yeah. And and that's what we talk about. Like, you could be super How talented, we, which you are. You could be infused in the community. But if you don't have something to offer, you know, like, you know, legitimately, like you obviously performed, rose to the occasion every time. But the timing between, like, what you were doing. Gilovich leaving, Sam to, George leaving, yes. like, like all like, that stuff. All yeah. that. We forget that, about that. Isn't that mind-blowing? Like, that. It really is. So, so... Or like if my roommate would have erased that message from Nick. Yeah. Like weird things. You know? <laughs> yeah. Which happens all the fucking time. Sure. So, so... I saw a message. It was... I had a picture from the Volcom House in Hawaii years ago, and it said, Chris... Oh, I forgot who called. Forget it. That was on the board. Chris... Oh, I forgot who called for you. Yeah. Oh. I think I might have wrote that a couple times probably yeah. for late night. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Late night, um, somebody called about something, but I forget. Yeah. Oops. So, so Nick Carroll, Surfing Magazine, calls you up, says, hey, you're on board. Your first thing, assignment, is go to Australia. Or no, I mean Hawaii. Shane Duran. Interview Shane Haran. Bam. You you worked for Surfing Magazine for what? Eight years? Seven years? Night, September 93 to January 2000. Yeah. My last issue, January 2000, yeah. And then you created the air show. Mm-hmm. Right? With Barney. Which, yeah. Which Barney? With Barney. Not which Barney. With Barney. Yeah. And then... <laughs> See? I got to keep this guy in Keep check. me killing. Come on. Yeah. So he, he did that, and then he went on to Chronic Tacos. Chronic Tacos? No, yeah. remember I got, the, I, I got the Pete Rocky thing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we Blue don't Torch. want to leave Pete Rocky out of this. Yeah. Blue Torch slash... Wave action. Wave action. Yeah, that was the, the worst 10 months That was a bump in the road. 
Bumping the road. Bumping yeah. the road. But it's interesting because we did the Gotcha TV Pro in 2000 was the very first ever live webcast of a surf contest, and I was part of that too. You didn't say that. Really? No. But that was the first wave? First ever webcast? Webcast, yeah. Wow. Wow. The GT, was GT the announcer in that he, one? He might have been, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because he was with Gotcha back he then. He was in. He yeah. was in. Kirk Shank and him were tight. So then, yeah, I mean, tacos. Then ghetto juice, ghetto juice again. Ace heart, crown ace heart. And then now I'm freaking just in the in the in the big in the. I finally grew up. Are you in a corporate world, or do you still have a lot of freedom? Like, oh, it's, it's a small corporate world. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a um, reliable, more polished. World. Yeah. yeah, more polished and reliable. And honestly, dude, I well, love going to Ace Hardware. If I have to buy any kind of fucking tools or any kind of whatever. What tool do you actually, dude? Seriously? Bro. bro. What do you buy? If, right, you know, I have to. If you have to. You know, we're going to change this to Late Night with Skippy. Yeah. And we're going to interview you now about dude, the tools that you that get at hardware. Okay. He has nothing. So, <laughs> what did I just buy? I, I, anytime that I have to buy anything that has to go to a hardware store. Ace is the place. Ace is the place. Good. For your help for, for your help for. Hardware folks. Hardware man. Yeah. So is that, is that I was in the seventies until yeah. they got politically correct. I just <laughs> hard hard hardware folks. Yeah. Hardware folks. folks? Yeah, we're folks. Yeah. Okay. Right. But I, it's my favorite hardware. I was store. just in there uh, over the weekend. I oh, now you were in there. I had to get a bike lock. Oh, now you're in. Yeah. There. I did. So you yeah. know my okay. The last thing I bought from there was the lock box that I needed for the outer known. Sprinter van. I remember. That's when I saw you. That's when I saw you. Yeah. See? See? What are you asking me that if I go there or not? I You saw That's me. Right. He was now in I the know. back room looking Bro. at security cameras. Yeah. He's like, dude, this guy's going to hijack us something. I got to go out and make sure. See that, Skip? Why are you putting <laughs> these? Why are you playing with my emotions? <laughs> Keep your eye on that, man. Hey, guys. We, we, got, a, we got a fellow coming through here that's a little shady, long yeah. hair. We better make sure he's not like pocketing yeah. anything. He's got a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> you got a mask on. You got to keep your eye on that guy. No, but we're we're stoked where you land. And again, like you know, you keep the your career at that time where you didn't have a lot of responsibility at some time, some points, sleeping on floors, going to Hawaii, and now you know you're at a point where like, dude, I got a professional career. I don't have to worry about hounding somebody for. Uh, advertising. I don't oh, have to worry man. about print oh, deadlines. He's, he's ready to Thank get back God. in there. Though. He is. Oh, he, wants no. he's, yeah, he wants to do. Yeah, I could get him. Ghetto juice point three. Would it be? I don't know. Yeah. Would it be point three? Every, All right. If everything goes well, I'll close out my career with Ace Hardware. Yeah, <laughs> that's the goal. Well, yeah. you still keep your day job, but we're yeah. gonna work some on the side. Okay. Linden's Linden's good over there. Linden's yeah. thinking. We're gonna we're gonna make something happen with. With uh, USA Board Riders Club. We got that, and then we got some possible freaking art show. Yes, yeah. we're going to do art show with whatever but you guys do. Bonsai whatever Bard is doing it. Yeah. Bonsai yeah. Bull, Bonsai Bard is doing yeah. uh, Skip Sneed. Whoa. Right? Yeah. He's doing it. I'm so. just going to end it as we thank you for your contribution to uh, the surf industry Dude, and, and all culture. 
Yeah. Like, that's amazing that you would thank me for my contributions. That, because it is. I mean, there's, I mean, I've read I'm, so I'm, many things through the years that you've written, and I probably didn't look at, like, the little, you know. The name. Name. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we all looked at every magazine, whether it's Ghetto Juice or Beach Happy or Bliss or Surfer or Surfing, you know, all as a fan and a, you know, a yeah. super spectator slash yeah. fan slash consumer of the sport like that's we, yeah thank you it's right for me why didn't you print a, a photo of him i'm an old <laughs> fucking guy right but i still think that there's a place for print as long as it's done right mm-hmm. and who better to do print yeah than mr who better bradley bradley skip steve i love that you he calls me Bradley. Yeah. It's, huh? it, it's got a soft spot huh? in my head. Oh. You're the we first. could do this. We could do this. Yeah. You're the only guy that's ever we, called we me Bradley. We could do this. Yeah. I love it. A, a sick, polished, relevant yeah. magazine print that you can hold, touch, feel. I want that. An archive. And that's not a hard drive. This is fucking dope. Yeah. Right? This is fucking dope. We can, we, I want that. Is, is that the cover of the surfing 98 issue, surfboard issue? Of me yeah. On the cover? Oh, yeah. thanks. Wow, you got a freaking cover. It's a cover little thin, me. but, you know. I, I, have you seen that lately? I put it on Ghetto just years ago, or a couple years ago. What's that? His cover. Wow. Oh, you did? You oh, wait. It. I think he did. Yeah, I think I liked it. Yo. Chucky liked it. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, that's kind of crazy, Jay, because I don't really put a lot of uh, magazine covers yeah. and the fact that I did that one not a drop at a spot not a drop at a spot <laughs> not a spot at a drop wasn't it not a spot at a drop no not a spot at a drop whoa you have to go to archive that and look not a drop at a spot not a spot at a drop but hey thank you Bradley that was freaking great Skip guys Steve. it was really yeah. cool to catch up with you guys yeah. and Thank you for sitting down with us for three hours and 21 minutes. Um, but we're going to cut about be eight, or minutes, eight minutes out. Let him I'm freaking, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you. I get psyched on it because I, I, you guys love surfing as much as I do. And, and, and to see you guys doing it and taking it this far to where you've got a logo. I mean, I know what it's like. That's, that's taking the We the got next, two logos. I know. But that's taking the next step. Yeah. And that's for that I commend you. Thank awesome. You. Yeah. We're having fun and what how we have fun is having guys like you yeah. share your surf stories with us and it's uh We're just the vessel, man. We're just giving you guys the like you know opportunity to yeah. showcase where you've been and what you did and how not easy life is. We get to drink Ashland with oh. you. We get to drink Ashland with you. <laughs> we get to eat Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> Bonsai bowls. We get to eat bonsai bowls with Caliente. you. We get to shred with octopuses real with you. Yeah, no. We didn't want to thank all of our sponsors. But let's go eat octopus. Yeah. Right? Sushi. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of puss. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Kids. Bradley. Thank Skip. you. Skip. Steve. Chucky, thank you. Jay. Love you guys. Thank Boom! You. Thank you. Peace.
WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out WaveKey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fuwax, the best wax in the game. Fuwax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 